0: Tactical Sports Takes, inbound.
1: Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious.
0: Five-tool commentator. He's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs>
1: broadcasting. It's, it's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Owen Ely show. I'm your host Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North star sports on Twitter at North star M I N be sure to check out our website at Northstarsports.media. and welcome to the show everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Wednesday. I forgot what day it was Wednesday, January 12th. As we have a very special guest on today's program. I could say program if I wanted to be cute, but, uh, on today's program, it is the uh, North Star Sports two-time Hall of Famer, the pride of St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, none
1: other than the hound dog, Reagan Hooverman. Regan, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man, it's great to be back. We did this last year. It was a lot of fun doing playoff predictions. I'm pretty sure it was crash and burn for our predictions overall, but, you know, you got to hang with it. You got to stick with it. So we're going to run it back this year, and uh, it should be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't remember exactly what our picks were, but I just know they were dog shit after the wild card. Yeah, last year kind of was a little wild in the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure my teams got bounced early, so it is what it is. I'm I I so certainly excited. didn't have Tampa. I certainly didn't have Tampa.
0: No, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But, um, I you know I was I was going to say this in the in our little you know pre-show meeting. But I don't know how you feel about the moves the NFL has made over like, I don't know, it seems like the last like five or six years. I love everything they've done with the playoffs. I love the Saturday games. I'm going to love the Monday night game. I love that there's only one buy. I mean, make teams play. Why, why did two teams get a buy? I love that it's not just eight to four to two yep. to one. I love all this kooky shit. I love the NBA play-in tournament. I, I love shit like
1: this. Couldn't agree more. It's it, like you said, you even mentioned it there at the end, the NBA play tournament. And obviously we're going to stay in NFL here, but that's a fantastic addition to over in the NBA. The NFL has done a great job. I really do love the biggest thing for me is I, I don't, I guess I kind of like adding the additional playoff team, but the biggest thing is, is the one team buy. I mean, that's huge. It makes it so much more fun because teams are competing. I mean, obviously green Bay locked it up with one week left this year, but it, traditionally teams have competed down to the very last week to get that one seed and, 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 rest their players that extra week. So I love that change. I think it adds more incentive. You don't get as many boring games at the end of the year. And it's uh, overall, it's been a huge positive. Oh, absolutely. And I
0: love the, I love the 17 game season as well, but I thought we were actually here to talk about why uh, the 2017 golden state warriors would beat
1: the nineties the bulls. I thought that's what we were here to discuss. I, I think, I believe I said in, did I say five games and you you said five? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just no question about it. You said three games, which is probably true. Honestly, they would just fold and and not want to show up for the fourth.
0: My my biggest thing with that is, okay, we've seen the Warriors live and die by the, by the three in the playoffs. It seems like for every three games, Curry is on, he's off for one. You might lose one. How the fuck are you going to stop? How is it? Is it Pippen? Is it Rodman? How are you going to stop a seven foot tall Kevin Durant's mid-range jumper? When he high points a shot, it's literally unstoppable. The only the only thing is whether or not he makes the shot or not. There's no such thing as a contested mid-range jumper for Kevin Durant. So how like he'll go off for 55.
1: Yep. And it, it's pick your poison. All right. So you put Jordan on Curry. Curry's essentially taken out of the game. KD's going to give you 50. You know, Klay Thompson's going to give you seven threes, 30 points. I mean, there's just. There's no way to stop it, so I, I I don't think it would even be. I really don't even think it would be competitive. I, I really don't. I mean, just <laughs> no. the depth the depth of that Warriors team. Yeah, okay. So Michael's gonna realistically Michael could could average forty eight points a game, but I mean, it's they're it, they're gonna be in losses. So who who cares?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And let's not forget you also have Demarcus Cousins, who's you know very quickly turning into uh, the Luke Ridden What's that guy's Bobby? clark bobby brown or whatever the guy who played for like
1: 14 nba teams oh god that's it's probably something like that i mean you could just say martell webster and that would be accurate as well
0: (laughs) yeah holy shit his career is depressing as shit the last handful of years but no, it is what it is i agree um all right so i I didn't do a whole lot of planning for this episode probably not the best thing to admit uh to the millions of fans out there but you know life happens but I figured we would probably go from uh, from four to one in the division, and and obviously the discussion will ramp up with uh, one and two because those are our uh, our two teams we root for. So I guess we could, uh, you know, kind of quickly or not so quickly. I mean, you know, we can take our time. There's no rush here. But talk about the uh, Detroit Lions, the the Motor City Kitties. The uh, the I didn't think they were going to be as bad as they were this year. I know that. Um, I believe you were telling me how bad they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Uh, it really looked like they had a legitimate chance at going winless, but then, you know, these last couple of weeks, it really seems like Dan Campbell, uh, you know, has, has uh, restored the roar. The roar has been restored.
1: I actually, well, I th- I think you're right. in in saying I was really low on the lions coming into the year and especially <laughs> you downgrade. Well, we can get to this later. What, what we thought might be a downgrade, Going from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff. I mean, but uh, yeah, obviously we knew they weren't going to be very good. And, and like you said, the thought of them going winless was a real possibility. But somewhere around, I don't know what it was, maybe week 10 or so. Flip the switch might be a little generous, but they kind of started to turn it around. That roster started playing harder. And I think for the first time in seven, eight years, it feels like the Lions are actually competitive again might be too generous but at least they're playing hard it seems like that team has some fire dan campbell seems to be doing things right i mean they're going to start biting kneecaps off at some point obviously but yeah. i i i really feel like for the first time in a long time in detroit there's at least like a glimmer of hope especially under the the new dan campbell re- regime i feel like he's done a decent job games were fairly close at some points and, you know, they beat Arizona, they beat Green Bay, albeit Green Bay's starters didn't play the second half, but there are at least some positives to take away from this season for Detroit. And that's more than we can say that that they've had in a long time.
0: Yeah, it's hard to buy into Dan Campbell because he looks like a dumb guy with his, you know, dumb little Fu Manchu, and he sounds like a dumb guy. Uh, I don't actually I don't know how good of a coach he is, but the the team really, it does seem like the team really believes in him, which is... Yeah. fairly impressive when you lose that many games to have the team still behind you. I mean, it really went from, okay, this guy, he's, he's a one and done. He's a Steve Wilkes. I mean, if you know, say they even just win one game, he's probably fired, but you know, you, you don't lose four games. I mean, three or uh, yeah. What is it? Cause they had the tie. Um, but you know, it, it seems like he's going to live to, to coach a, another year. It also made me realize how much of an absolute genius Sean McVay is. I think we can just say he's the greatest coach of all time because it's so crazy how busted Jared Goff is at 27. I mean, that's just that, that doesn't happen. I don't get now I get it was like scheme fit and you know maybe it was a fluke season, but he threw for like 35 touchdowns out that, that one year and he is just busted. And another thing, how much do you think Jamal Williams is regretting signing with the Lions?
1: Oh man. I, uh, you know, I love obviously Packer fan for anyone that doesn't know. So take everything with a grain of salt when green Bay is involved, but I, I was a huge fan of Jamal Williams. He was a really nice serviceable player who was on a decent deal for us. He wanted more money. Obviously we couldn't afford it. If you know anything about the green Bay cap situation, my God, it's going to be ugly going forward, but we couldn't afford him. He decided to walk and I was surprised. Uh, I think he put out on Twitter that he wasn't, he basically was getting no offers. So like Detroit picked him off the scrap heap and you know, it, it it sucks for him. I'm hoping he gets a better opportunity, but you never want to see one of your favorite players go to Detroit because I mean, that's where, that's where careers go to die at this point. If we're being completely honest.
0: Yeah. I really like Jamal Williams. And in today's NFL, There's no such thing as a bell cow back. I mean, that doesn't exist. So you're going to need, not only are you going to need two running backs, you'll probably need three and you'll probably need four because one of them, at least one of them is going to get injured. So there's certainly a role for Jamal Williams, more than a role for Jamal Williams, but he touched the ball 179 times. Uh, Maybe he got hit on, let's say, let's be generous and say he only got hit on a hundred of those plays. He took a hundred hits to the brain. Furthering, you know, his, his progress towards CTE for the Detroit Lions. I mean, he now I get he's probably getting paid I don't know four million. So, you know, I'm not gonna cry over spilt milk, but he took brain damage for uh the Detroit Lions. I, I just can't imagine doing that.
1: I, I feel like there's there's so many negatives in Detroit, but I the one thing that I'd like to say, and this kind of loops into the Rams, so I'll hold off on my entire take, but I feel like with the picks they got back for Stafford, obviously, Goff is someone you really don't, you can, honestly you don't want on your roster. But it's not like they're in a win now championship mode, anyways. They're kind of in this rebuilding phase. The picks are a good thing. The culture is starting to turn. Saying it's changing is is too much, but the buzz from around the league, based on what I've seen from reports on you know the verified blue check Twitter accounts or whatever that report on football. It seems like there are some positives in Detroit, especially with Dan Campbell. And, and it feels like maybe they're not going to be good next year, but they won't be this bad again. So I, I feel like Detroit is slowly taking steps in the right direction, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I kind of view Jared Goff as, you know, and I'll be honest, like, you know, getting traded to a new team. I didn't think the Lions were, were that good, but, you know, crazier things have, have happened. You know, a, a new change of scenery might be good for him. But I almost viewed Jared Goff going there kind of like when the uh, the, the Broncos, no, the, the Texans traded Osweiler to the Browns and they traded him with the second round pick. The Osweiler had no, it was like an NBA trade. I kind of viewed it as, as that where obviously the two first round picks are basically the only thing that matters. Right. And Goff was just a piece that had to go to make the salaries work. But, I, but the good thing for the Lions is I think they have the second pick in the draft. It's not a super crazy quarterback draft class, but we see teams fall in love with quarterbacks all the time, uh, mostly for the wrong, mostly for like Blake Bortles at at three or some shit. But yep. you know the Jaguars aren't taking a quarterback at one; they'll probably take you know Hutchinson or or Thibodeau. So you're going to have your pick of the litter. So
1: yeah, and it, it it's really it's just more unfortunate news for Detroit that you know they're right back near the top of the draft again, and 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 they're finally right there. Obviously, like you said, Jacksonville's not taking a quarterback, although. At this point, maybe you could (laughs) make some, if you wanted a hot take, you could say they should, but it's just not a good quarterback draft. So I kind of, if you're Detroit, do you reach on a guy just because you feel like you need someone younger than Jared Goff, which is kind of insane to say, because like you said, he's in his mid twenties, but he's obviously not very good. So do you reach on a younger guy that maybe in a normal year would be late first round or a second round quarterback and take him second? I don't know if you do that. Maybe you just improve the offensive line. You get a weapon. Maybe you get an elite pass rusher or do whatever you want to do. Knowing next year is not going to be a win-now mode and worry about the quarterback next year because you're probably going to be near the top of the the, the board again.
0: Yeah, maybe you, maybe you trade the second pick uh, to Houston for uh, Deshaun Cosby. Oh, I mean, Deshaun Watson.
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, and we'll definitely get to this with another NFC North team, so I don't want to spill the beans. But, you know, a lot of times it's like, uh, you know, you might only get one shot at at your regime. So it's like when you're looking for a quarterback, oftentimes you're going to find a quarterback, whether or not you actually find a good one or you convince yourself that you found a good one. I mean, you know, the reality is, you know, if Dan Campbell goes three thirteen and one next year, he very easily could be fired. Now, maybe not, but you're not guaranteed, you know, two years with Jared Goff to be the end of your, your head coaching, Career, So it's, you know, do you draft a first round quarterback and give yourself two years? Cause it's even crazy to say that because remember like a decade ago, this was, this was always the thing where it's like, you draft a quarterback, a first round quarterback high, and you have three years to develop them. That was always the, doesn't matter how bad he is in year one or year two, you get three years, but, but I don't even feel like that's true anymore because look at Josh Rosen, look at Sam Darnold. You might only get one or two years to develop a quarterback who's 21 and it's like Jesus that is and look, and look at how every single rookie quarterback this year fucking sucked except for maybe Davis Mills and um Matt Jones is average he was yeah. average I mean but it's like imagine if you like look I guess we can tie this into the Bears because I'm basically done with the Lions unless you have yep. anything else but look at look at them they drafted fields pretty high in in the first round you got one year with them. Now they had been there for a little bit
1: of time, but you know it's it's a tricky thing. And there's, we can be done with the Lions and move into Chicago, but this is kind of a more of a point for basically every team in the NFL. Is it's it's such a such an ass backwards system where the pressure is now. You have to win in year one. You have to win in year two. At minimum, you need to be 500 in year one. It's it's so unreasonable. You're installing, in a lot of cases, a completely new system. You're working with new players. I mean, these things take time. I, there are exceptions. McVeigh was basically an instant hit. I mean, you look at Shanahan, he was really good, especially Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, but that was I don't want to say made to order because Mike McCarthy struggled at the end of his tenure, but I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers at an MVP level. You've got weapons everywhere. Those are the exceptions. I mean, I just hate the system of you have to win in year one. You have to win in year two because it forces guys to reach on quarterbacks in the draft, go out and spend unreasonable free agency money. We need to, the NFL needs to get back to these four and five year rebuilds. Cause I feel like that overall is going to be way more successful than these these get rich quick schemes that we that we're seeing so much of now.
0: It just makes it's so impressive to look at like the longevity of like a Belichick, where like there's so Absolutely. many like there's so many like Belichickian moves where it's like, why would you? Who's that? Oh, why would you cut Kyle Van Noy and then he gets or not resign him? Go somewhere else, gets paid a shit ton of money, comes back here. Jamie Collins has played for them like four times. Yep. that was that was something that the the Packers were kind of kind of good at where uh you know they had their limitations with like not signing free agents but they would always they would always cut players or not re-sign players like a year before they fell off so they never well, I shouldn't say never and you'd know better than me but it, it seemed like on a lot of players now some of them like yeah. maybe Clay Matthews you know yeah. outstayed his welcome but like they were always really good about like oh Greg Jennings wants to go like it's it's yep. kind of like that move in fantasy like the, the the dump in fantasy where you you have a player that might have been highly coveted at one point, but he's kind of been shitty for you uh, on your bench, and, and you release yep. him and hope somebody else takes him, and and they get sucked into the trap. I got sucked into that with drafting Julio Jones this year, uh, but it's
1: like they're, they're pretty good at, at stuff like that. Green Bay, just real quick, and then we'll get back to Chicago. Green Bay is notorious for not doing third contracts because you're almost always overpaying based on the set. Cause obviously the first contract is going to be the rookie rookie deal. The second deal is going to be basically the, pay, the player's prime. That third deal is there on the back end, but the money continues to go up and green Bay outside of basically rare instances has not, has not done the third deal. A perfect example is Corey Lindsley who went to the Chargers and is, is still a really good player, but if they would have resigned him for a third deal, Devante would net would never get done. Jair's going to want a, a full bag. I mean, they let players walk while they're still good to avoid paying over basically the overpaying in the final years of their prime. And
0: that's, that's so smart because with contracts and this is like a, a misconception that you kind of see, I see, I see this misconception a lot with running backs and like these weird, like sycophantic, uh, like simps who are like, oh my like, uh, like Adam Lefko or something where it's like, uh, Running backs need to get paid more. I mean, they have a tough job. They need to get paid more. Well, are they worth more? Could you statistically? I mean, they they have the shortest lifespan, a uh, career span. Uh, they they get injured the most often. It's like, so is that is that worth it? But then, but then the the misconception with contracts is you're not it really doesn't even factor in what you did last year. You're paying for future production. You are not paying for what somebody did in the past. That is totally, I shouldn't say totally, because you can obviously look at trends and things like that. But like, I don't get, otherwise, uh, Philip Rivers would be getting paid $50 million right now. You don't pay for what somebody did in the past. So to, to, and and with like a guy like Corey Lindsley, it's, if one out of 10 times you get burned by letting a player go a little too prematurely, okay. Say he has two or three good years with the chargers. Well, that's better that nine out of 10 times. We're not getting, you know, destroyed with Greg Jennings or, or um, any of those other offensive linemen that they, they let go.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting situation. And, And to kind of wrap it back to Chicago, I mean, how do we, okay, let's, put ourselves in a scenario, of the bears, what, what is the, what is the move here? Cause obviously you have no coach, you have no GM. What route do you want to go? I mean, it, it just seems like they're in they're stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. And, and, and I don't know what the goal is. I mean, if it was me, I would take a look at the in Kansas city. I mean, that, that dude's everyone thinks he's an offensive genius. If you want to get Justin Fields going on the right track, I feel like you need an offensive guy. And honestly, I would start there. The problem is you need a GM as well, and the GM wants to have input on, on who the coach is. So I don't know. Just what are, your, what are your thoughts on on who they should potentially be looking for?
0: Yeah, I'm not out on the enemy, but the one thing um, – and, and you can tell this is my true opinion because the, the Vikings are obviously looking for a, a head coach, so I, I have a vested interest. Not that interested in the enemy. I would like for somebody to explain to me why the enemy is good because a lot of people – are like, well, look at the offense; it had a lot of success. Okay, well, I could take a meerkat from the fucking Minnesota Zoo and make him the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and all that. And it, I mean, the meerkat might not be as good, but he's probably going to get ninety-seven percent of the production that the had. So I really, I, I really want to know X's and O's. Why? And I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a reason
1: X's and yeah, O's yeah. why is why he's not good, but I've never heard it. it um it, it, the, the only thing that I would say is, and obviously I'm not even close to knowing X's and O's at the NFL level, but I just go based on what I've seen from credible reports, what I hear in broadcasts. I mean, just people that talk and know football and are around the league generally, genuinely agree that the is, is a, a fairly talented offensive mind. And I feel like that's better than a lot of the options on the market, unless you want to go Flores, who just got fired from Miami for some reason. It's not exactly like, cream of the crop out here right now. So I feel like if you're going to take a shot, you might as well take a shot on on someone who people in the league genuinely agree is is one of the best guys that's that's on the market right now.
0: Yeah. You know, to to be honest, Flores would be interesting, especially considering, you know, how great that, that defense is. But I mean the Bears offense since like nineteen eighty five has been so bad. I it's I think terrible. I think you look at the enemy and I think you look at uh, Brian Dable Uh, The the Bills' offensive coordinator. I think you look at those two guys. They've had success with with mobile quarterbacks. Obviously, you're going to downgrade significantly with weapons. But Montgomery's not bad. Khalil Herbert uh, is is a good returner. Maybe you get something from him, you know, because you need as many running backs as possible. But the the to to speak to the between a rock and a hard place for the Bears. We don't, we don't know who the head coach is going to be and we don't know who the GM is. So a lot of it is going to be dependent on those two guys. But I don't think it, it was one year. And again, talking about, you know, these l- longer rebuilds and, and things like that. And I agree with that. But we, Fields didn't light it up by any stretch of the imagination. Now he needs more weapons. He needs a better offensive line. But it's not a guarantee that the new GM, whoever that is, comes in and says, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I just love this guy. You, they might get somebody who's not that big of a fan of Justin Fields, and Justin Fields could be on another team next year. Or they, maybe they take another first-round quarterback or second-round quarterback, or bring in a, another veteran or something. There's no guarantee that that you know. I mean, that's Ryan Pace's guy, and we've seen that he has terrible taste in quarterbacks. I, I mean, I I don't know. So yeah, at the most important position, you you don't even know the future there with what you have on the roster.
1: I I think. If I'm running the show, if I'm the, whatever it is, the president and I'm choosing, I'm basically getting a selection of my choice of GM. I'm not hiring anyone who doesn't want Justin Fields. And it's just because it's, it's super early. You put a lot of draft capital into it and he hasn't even had a genuine fair shot with anyone who's been competent. I mean, Matt Nagy was for the most part garbage in terms of, of play calling offensively. Cause remember the whole thing was like. I, got, I brought in this brilliant offensive coordinator and we're doing great things and the offense sucked. And he's like, guys, I'll fix it. I'm an offensive guy. I'll call the plays. It got even worse. So like, I want to see fields with a decent coaching staff with a couple years under his belt. And if then it's still not working out, if you, you kind of get down the road to where Trubisky eventually was, then we can blow it up and hit the reset button and the GM can start over. But I'm never hiring anyone that doesn't want to at least give Justin Fields another year or two. And that's a
0: perfectly legitimate way to go about it. It's not a guarantee, but, but if you're asking me what I would do, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in line with, I'm in line with you. I would stick with fields because you look at this quarterback draft class. There's not, I mean, it really kind of feels like the 2013 draft class with, with Gino and EJ Manuel. There's really not kind oh, of Jesus. that guy and free agent wise, you're not going to get a better quarterback trade wise, unless somehow Deshaun Cosby gets cleared of his, uh, of his, uh, you know potential improprieties. Um, Justin Fields is probably going to, maybe he's not the best quarterback you can get, but certainly the highest potential, the youngest guy, he's Bobo. I'm honestly not even convinced that if Matt Nagy wasn't the head coach, that Trubisky might not have turned out to be a, 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 a capable starting quarterback. I think that guy is really talented. There's obviously some things to iron out, but you know, what's, what's the difference this year between Mitch Trubisky in his second year and and uh uh Justin Fields in his rookie year I mean they both were gun shy maybe scrambled a little bit too much had no help I mean I don't know I don't think Trubisky got a fair shake and obviously it's not his fault that he got drafted
1: before you know two two great quarterbacks and and that's a fair point I just I don't know the thing with me is, is Trubisky is if 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 other people shared that, that thought of, Hey, maybe like there's something left in Trubisky and he hasn't quote unquote been unlocked yet. He wouldn't be sitting on the bench in, in Buffalo. I mean, somebody probably would have tried to make a move for him or something, but in terms of Chicago, I, I just want to get your opinion on like, what is the timeline for them potentially being good again? Like how many years away are they from being where they were? And was it 2018 when they went 12 and four and made it to the divisional? I mean, how far away are they from being back in the playoff race? Because to me, it seems like the team is has some holes. I mean, some pretty pretty serious issues, especially with you have no coach and no GM. How is this
0: for how is this for crazy? And I'll, I'll, so much of it depends on the head coach and GM. But let's assume that they yeah. they get a, a, a B GM and B uh, head coach. You know, not crazy like A plus. They're not getting Belichick here, but they don't just get some complete bomb. Let's let's even say it's Eric Biani. Let's say it's Eric Bieniemy, and then, okay. I don't know, a GM that I'd likes like that Justin hire. Fields. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Ed Dodds from the Colts or something. Somebody who likes Justin Fields. Honestly, uh, eight months. I think they're eight months away from being oh. uh, a contender. Um, because I, there, there are holes, no doubt. You have to kind of patchwork that offensive line. Um, but you have, if, if we're going all in on Justin Fields, which I think is the right thing to do, Maybe he takes a, a sophomore uh bump. I mean, he really didn't have yeah. a whole lot to work yep. with. Going into next year, you know he's the starter. He's gonna I mean, barring something fucking crazy. You know, I, I, I can't see them going, yeah, Andy Dalton is is the guy or whatever. So you know he's the guy. You got two somewhat capable running backs. Tight ends never really have a good rookie year. You 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 got a highly touted tight end there, and Cole Komet. Uh, you know, wide receivers, Demir Bird uh, had a, had kind of a a, a nice year. And then defensively, the, I mean, the, the, the front seven is still really, really good. And you drafted a lot of uh, cornerbacks and they were all injured, especially towards the end of the year. So, you know, you get Jalen Johnson back healthy. That's your number one corner. You probably still got to figure out, you know, two, three and four, but I think, I think at least two of those two, three or four are already on the team. So maybe you Maybe with your first round pick, you, you draft a corner. Maybe you get Derek Stingley. Uh, safeties are are pretty easy to to figure out. Yep. But honestly, I, now I I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that's what's going to happen. But I think mildly best case scenario, it, it could be next year.
1: And, th- and that would be a pretty quick turnaround, especially with an entirely new regime—not just a head coach, but again, just to reiterate, the, the GM as well.
0: But it was. It a would be interesting.
1: I'm. That's that is that's also true as well. I mean, it it just how much turnover? And I got to be completely honest. I wasn't exactly following the Bears the whole entire season. So I mean, how how much of that defense is still intact from when it was one of the four or five best in the entire league? I mean, is that obviously Cleo Mack and, and Akeem Hicks and all that? But I mean, is is that defense fairly intact from where it once was in terms of roster? Yeah. You, you honestly, you didn't really lose a, a whole lot. You still have Danny okay. Trevathan,
0: Trevathan uh, Eddie, Eddie Goldman. Uh, obviously you mentioned Akeem Hicks. Uh, yep. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks, uh, which, which is a, they didn't have that back then. Roquan Smith is <laughs> okay, only yep. 24. So, you know, maybe, maybe you lost some starters. You probably lost some starters in the secondary, but I don't think they were that good to begin with. The, the thing is you got to, oh, uh, that Tonga guy played uh, 15 games. But uh, the thing is, you can't have Duke Shelley and Tayshawn Gibson and <laughs> some of these guys, R.D. Burns, you yeah. can't have him playing 11 games. So
1: uh, secondary could do some work. But almost all of the big pieces are still there. So what I'm understanding is next year the assumption is that the defense will be at very worst serviceable and on the upside potentially – a fairly decent defense if that's the case then i'm going all in on offenses this offseason i'm going to draft a lineman i'm going to get a receiver as early as i can i'm going to hire an offensive coach and we're going to give i'm i would want to put the pieces around fields as best as i possibly can to give him the best chances to succeed because we know this league's all about quarterback play i mean if you look at the playoffs outside of you know, maybe, maybe Philly, maybe Pittsburgh, but I mean, for the most part, good quarterbacks get you to the playoffs. And if I'm Chicago, obviously the the goal is playoffs. The expectation is eventually going to be playoffs. So you got to build that offense. You got to give Justin Fields every single possibility to succeed. Yeah,
0: I agree. No, no question about it. Um, Yeah, that's about, that's about all I have on the, uh, the bears, unless you got anything. I'm good on Chicago okay yeah me too I think the rest of the NFL world is good on
1: uh, yeah Chicago. I'd be good on
0: them forever pretty much <laughs> yeah Minnesota yep Minnesota the Minnesota Vikings finished uh eight and nine they fired Spielman and they fired uh Zimmer I suppose I'll I'll uh, take the lead uh, on this one Absolutely. because that is unfortunately Absolutely. uh the team that I was uh born to be a fan of um <laughs> just a, a gross season and a season that I, I really kind of predicted would happen. I mean, it's, it's a team that's, that we've said before on shows like this, it's, it's never going to bottom out, but you're, you're never going to accomplish anything. You're not going to accomplish the ultimate goal. Uh, I think, I think some people probably realized that, but I, but I think a lot of people probably thought it was a playoff team. Um, you know, that maybe would, maybe would win a wild card game. We've seen them win a wild card games before. Um, but I kind of view it as a, as a, a a very positive season, especially how it ended because there's no more Spielman. There's no more Zimmer. I think people are, are, there's always going to be Kirk stands and, and they're going to be the most annoying douches on the planet. But I think people are realizing, okay, this is clearly not sustainable. This is clearly not working. We have to do something else. So I view that as a, as a very positive thing. And you know, it, it it's kind of like uh, you're you're hindered by moderate amount of success. Like you you're, you're if you're slightly above average, you're you're not going to get to the to the top because like one of the worst thing that one of the worst things that has happened to the Vikings over the last like three years is the Vikings winning that playoff game against the Saints because if they lose that game, Mike Zimmer gets traded to the Cowboys or he gets released. We're done with him. But because they win, because they get to have you know another playoff game and sell merch and stuff like that, and how, how I mean, how can you fire a coach that got you to the you know shit stomped in the divisional round? I mean, how could you how could you possibly not want that every year? Um, you know, and then we had what two more seasons of of Zimmer. So, you know, I'm very curious to see who they bring in. I think it's the timing is so unfortunate because uh, George Patton took the, the Broncos GM job last year. He was obviously in Minnesota for like 14 years. Uh, I, I like Stefanski as a head coach. Obviously he's with the the Browns. So a lot of it's dependent on their future about who they get. But uh, I, I'm so glad that we don't have Rick Spielman. I can't, you know, a lot of people will be like, um, man, I hate Zimmer. I agree with you. I don't like, I don't like Zimmer. That guy's a bomb. I'm, I'm with you on that one. But, you know, Kirk is a pretty good quarterback. I like Kirk. I mean, statistically, he's a top seven quarterback. Uh, and, and and you know, the, the common sentiment, you know, with those two guys uh, and then going to Rick Spielman would be like, well, yeah, but, you know, Rick Spielman, Rick Spielman's a good GM. He's a good GM. And everybody just takes that for granted. Everybody says that because he's been here for so long. And, well, he drafted Justin Jefferson. Dude, I think they've had like 40 draft picks over the last three years. This guy is so fucking busted at finding anything in the draft. I mean, you you really saw it last year where we had absolutely zero depth at like several key positions. And it's like, Rick, we you, you have 16 draft picks a fucking year. How the fuck can you not find an NFL player, you know, in any of these rounds? But it, it's also, I'm so glad we're done with him for another reason, because we can, once we get rid of Kirk, we're really done with it. But I don't have to hear about exceptions. There are always exceptions to patterns, but that doesn't mean the pattern doesn't exist. Oh, you're saying Rick Spielman doesn't draft well, uh, you know, on day 3. Yeah, try Stefan Diggs, buddy. Try Stefan Diggs. And it's like, okay, you have found the one guy in the in the fucking 16 years he's been here where he does that. Now, I could go through countless draft picks where he just wastes. So, I I'm just happy I'm content. I'm honestly, I'm honestly as content as I've been for a, a long time, knowing those two bozos are gonna be the fuck out of Minnesota.
1: And I'll preface my comments by saying, I'll first of all, I'll yield to you on most stuff because you're all the Vikings way more than I do. But as a Packer fan, there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing you guys go, whatever it was, eight and nine you know, the classic Minnesota eight and eight seasons where we're right on the edge. And if we just win, in, we're winning in and it's just the worst spot to be in in sports. And I think it's hilarious because 95% of Viking fans don't see it. They see it as we're right on the brink. If we can just get over that hump and and, and maybe we can get to the divisional round. It's like you are going about this all the wrong way. I forget what the percentage is where it's like 78% percent—the totally made up number, but it, it's, it's some high percentage of teams that compete in the super bowl have a first round bye. And if you are not basically one of the top two teams now, basically the top team in your respective conference, you're likely not going to the super bowl. And, and if you're playing on a wild card weekend, good luck to you. Cause it's even harder Super and, wild card weekend. Yeah. The super wild card weekend. And it's like, so I love seeing the Vikings go eight and nine and being right around 500 because you're not good enough to compete and you're not bad enough to get the top tier talent. And, and that's been the problem in Minnesota for so long is it's like, well, if we just, if we sign Anthony Barr and, and we get, maybe he just gets a little better at rushing the passer and we bring these guys back and, and and we can run it back. And it's like, okay, but you, you basically topped out when your defense was performing at a historic level, you topped out, at being blown out in the NFC championship game. So if you're just going to keep running that back, nothing's going to change. Kirk is getting more expensive and your opportunities become less. I mean, like you said it, that saints game. I mean, that saved Zimmer's job. And as a Packer fan, it brought me several more years of joy because I know, I knew that Zimmer was never going to get the job done. Spielman had, had basically in the beginning of his career been, I don't, Prolific drafter might be too nice, but he had been very good in the draft and the axle snapped and the wheels flew off that thing in the last three or four years here. Take a look at Garrett Bradbury. Who's 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 uh, his pass blocking grade is like five out of a, out of a zero to a hundred scale. I mean, just terrible draft picks. And the same issues that the Vikings have had for so long continue to be the same issues. They can't draft offensive linemen. You know, they finally got Jefferson, but their weapons had been basically garbage for years outside of Thielen. I mean, it, look at the Laquan Treadwell draft. I mean, just, it, it had been blunder after blunder in, in recent years of drafting. So obviously Spielman had to go as well, but if I'm the Vikings, I'm fixing the offensive line. I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to improve the defense, basically the front the front seven on defense and the offensive line. You win games in the trenches and through quarterback play. And the thing is, you got to improve the offensive line for whoever's playing quarterback next because it's not Kirk. If it's me, Kirk is not coming back. His cap hit next year is $45 million. You're paying him to be basically a top three quarterback in the entire league, and God knows that is not what he is. He he is the ultimate stat patter. I mean, that dude. He will have he will have one touchdown, one interception, and 155 yards with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he'll finish with three twenty-five, three touchdowns, and a pick. And people will look at the box score and be like, "Man, Kirk is serviceable. Man, he he had a good game." They almost no. If you watch the game, you know he didn't play well. You know he's padding stats. So there's so much to fix in Minnesota. The biggest thing is. I'm improving the offensive line. I'm improving the front seven on defense. I'm hiring an offensive head coach, and I'm getting Kirk Cousins the hell out of TCO Performance Center in Eagan. And I think if you do those things, you'll be moving in the right direction for the first time in a long time.
0: Yeah. The, you, there's no such thing as running it back in the NFL. You're either ascending or you're descending. It's not a league. 100%. It, it's very, I mean... The, the patriots i guess they're the only team that has plateaued on the top for a long time but it's not it's not a league that's built for that and you see with the vikings making the playoffs missing the playoffs making the playoffs missing the playoffs i've i view it as um like one of those live leak videos of like uh some motorcyclist in uh in cambodia and they, they have like the dash cam or whatever and they're trying to do wheelies and they're driving they're driving really fast. And then the speed wobble starts to happen. The Vikings have been speed wobbling the last couple of years. Whoa, sometimes they're back on track. They're in the playoffs. They barely made it. And other times they're, you know, almost going over the guardrail. So it's really good that this, you know, comical Benny Hill speed wobble that has taken place over probably the last three or four years is is finally done. And the missed draft picks, too. I don't know how people don't see that. Laquan Treadwell was so it's bad busted. That he couldn't, he couldn't catch. Um, Bradbury, you have a 290-pound center going up against like 340-pound nose tackles. Speaking
1: of he nose tackles.
0: Cake. Oh, dude. And, and th- like uh, defensively, I mean, teams are, it seems like teams over like the last decade are kind of moving away from a 4-3. Like so much of the NFL is like nickel and dime and, and stuff like yep. that. And it seems like teams. 3-4. Yeah. Teams probably favor a three, four over four, three. That's not to say that the four, three doesn't get played, but so we spent a shit ton of money on Michael Pierce. He opted out uh, for, for 2021 or whatever. I would have cut him. Uh, but that's, that's another thing. And then this year we spend a shit ton of money on Dalvin Tomlinson. We signed t- two nose tackles to fucking huge contracts. How do you have two note? Like, almost by definition there only can be one nose yeah. tackle how the fuck are you going to then you don't have a nose tackle you just have a three technique or a five te-
1: or whatever the fuck you call it but like how does that yep. work like that's so fucking and, stupid and and here's the thing is is that that point you just illustrated is is indicative of a much larger trend and it's part of the reason why I completely agree with you that Spielman had to go and it's because they pay everyone they pay everyone too much you're literally paid to build a roster, build it well, be smart with money, draft well. He was he was bad with money, couldn't find top tier talent, and built a roster that basically capped out at, at at a division a division win in terms of the the postseason. Couldn't couldn't even compete in the NFC Championship game. I mean, at the end, it was it was like three really bad years of Spielman. But perhaps the biggest mistake. And you you talked about a good one with the defensive tackles. The biggest mistake to me, and I called for his firing the minute that it happened, was extending Kirk again, which put the Vikings on the hook for that deal where he eventually would kick into a $45 million a year cap hit, which is so out of pocket that it should have been – I'm serious. It should have been an immediate firing. That is so terrible. And the thing is, Zimmer's at fault as much as anyone because he has that archaic thought process of we're going to build through a defense and we're going to be, we're going to play great run D and we're going to win games 13 to six. And we're going to, and it's just, it's never going to get the job done because with that mindset, if someone gets two touchdowns on you, the game's over. I mean, there's the, the game's over because you won't have the offensive firepower to compete. Everyone had to be fired. And it's, it's going to be an interesting road to see where the Vikings go. I, like I said, it's kind of the same strategy as, as everything else in the modern NFL. Build the offensive line, build the front seven on defense, get a new quarterback who's a lot cheaper, maybe on a rookie deal, and find an offensive head coach, and, and you're taking steps in the right direction.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it starts with head coach and GM. I'm I'm basically looking at three guys. Uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of research on the enemy, Dable, and then I'm pretty interested in Flores because uh, I I have no idea what he got fired. That's crazy. GMs, uh, yeah. I you know I I don't know Dobbs or Dodd or whatever has been in been with the Colts for yeah, a long I, time. He's been connected to a lot of stuff. I would look at the at um, I think it's Will McClay or Will Clay. With the uh, Cowboys, he's kind of been like the number two guy with the Cowboys for quite some time, and uh, I think he was one of the guys who helped build the offensive line for the the Cowboys. Um, which, phew, boy, do we need that? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm revamping the deep the defense. Um, the the secondary has to be fixed. I'm probably bringing back Patrick Peterson for another year. He was an he was average, and. I think while you want to get a great corner, don't look past average corners because corners are so hard to find in this league. I mean, we've seen... I don't want to see Chris Boyd, so uh, I, I would bring back Patrick Peterson. I would just pray to God that somehow we could restructure that Anthony Barr deal into less
1: money. That, that, another bad deal.
0: Another another bad deal is that Harrison Smith deal. Now, he was a pro bowler this year, but it's a he'll have three years left on that deal.
1: Dude, he's like 34 like he's, you just don't he's gonna fall it like off bro. it's yeah that's that's a terrible deal and i i understand pro bowl like it, it does technically mean something but i'll always go back to xavier rhodes being maybe the worst cornerback in the league who got voted to the pro bowl so i i mean like i care about all pros we're paying all pros essentially as much as they want and you have very few of those so i mean Kendricks is the biggest one. I mean, you do whatever you got to do to keep that guy around. He's probably one of the three best linebackers in the league, but I honestly don't care about Pro Bowls. I I think improving the secondary would be good, but the situation the Vikings are in reminds me of a situation the Wolves were in not too long ago where it's like you are so – absolutely strapped by one single contract that you it doesn't even matter what you do until that contract is off your books for the wolves it was andrew wiggins for the vikings it's Kirk cousins you can't start him next year if he if he starts next year and is and is playing at 45 million dollars a year your team's already sunk you're not gonna have the money to build an even remotely decent roster so whatever it takes to get off of cousins and there's teams out there that will take him i think cleveland would even take a look at Kirk cousins because he's better than Mayfield. I mean, I will, there are teams that will take a look at Kirk, and I think you need to do that immediately the second that GM gets in his office. Yeah,
0: and and just to just to wrap up the defensive part of it, I really wouldn't spend that much time on the on the defensive line. I, I really don't think the defensive line needs that much work. Hunter's going to be back. He's had injury concerns, but you know he really didn't play the last two years. So you got to figure he'll be back. Wanum's good. I think that. The, the beautiful thing, and I know it was true around, like, week 12 or week 13, but, like, the, the Vikings were were leading the league in sacks, and I don't think anybody had more than six. So it's really – it's like James – like, Kind of a
1: pl- platoon of guys just rotating. Yeah,
0: it's, it's very rotational. Uh, you've already wasted so much fucking money on Pierce and Tomlinson that I, I'm not really interested in, in – um,
1: uh, I, I, I honestly forgot it. about
0: the Tomlinson deal until you brought
1: that up. Oh, wow, it's a terrible, terrible deal. I don't know so why. Who's, they, so who's playing the other end? Obviously, it's Hunter and the Tomlinson. Who's on the other side? Because obviously, Everson Griffin is, is not in condition to play.
0: Yeah, that dude's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, it's it's uh, mostly DJ Wanham. Okay. And Wan- Wanham's, looked, Wanham's looked good. Um, linebacker's pretty busted. I'm not a fan of Blake Lynch. Not a fan of Nick Vigil. That's,
1: that was part of what I was saying in, in the front seven. I mean, obviously, Kendricks is going to be basically the lockdown center of their defense, but, I mean, outside of that, what do you do with Anthony Barr, especially in that contract? What are you doing on the other side for a linebacker? I mean, it's it, it, the defensive line is obviously fairly decent for Minnesota, but the linebackers are sus. Like, if something happens to Kendricks, obviously, like, I'm not cheering for someone to get injured, but if he goes down, you guys are, like, you're beyond paper-thin at linebacker at that point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And you, know, you talk about Cleveland trading for Kirk Cousins. I would love to do uh, a, um, a Stafford-type deal with them. Hey, you give us two first-round picks wow. because we're objectively giving you a better quarterback and you're ready to win now. We'll take Baker Mayfield to take some money off of you. He's on a fifth year. I mean, that's probably going to be, I don't know, $15 million. So you're saving
1: you're saving 30. I don't saving, think 30. I don't think Cleveland would do that. I, maybe they would. That's maybe. I mean, Stefanski was here for so long. I know that the, the problem is like if you're giving up picks and, and you're getting Kirk Cousins contract on the books, you basically have to you basically have to win in two years, like that first year or the second year with Kirk or it's shot. But you, a, could, you, you would probably restructure Kirk. Yeah, I guess if they want to do a long-term deal, but even then, I mean, either however you want to structure it, you're still in win now mode. I mean, which oh, I guess sure. they, I, I guess they are anyways. But I mean, it's it's it would like you said, it would kind of be the Rams deal of like you're literally pushing all of your chips straight into the center of the table. And I don't know if I don't know if the Browns want to do that for Kirk Cousins, but but then again, you're not going to find a better guy. Like, like are they going to? Are they going to find a way to put a deal together for Russell Wilson? I doubt it. I mean, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I I think they would do that because, I mean, do do you really want to go, even if you don't call it a rebuild, do you you really want to go through a retool after sucking for 20 years? It's the first you know couple of seasons, two and a half seasons, where you've actually been kind of relevant. You can feel it slipping away because Baker Mayfield's not the guy. They're they're not getting Russ. There's no way Russ would go. There's, There's no way they're getting Watson. Even if you draft, I don't know, Kenny Pickett, like he's going to take time to develop. Kirk Cousins is realistically the best option you could get. But no no package would would surprise me for Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins got traded to the Browns or just any team that needs a quarterback and we got two first-round picks, wouldn't shock me. If we only got a third-round pick for Kirk Cousins, wouldn't shock me. I could see teams being – I could see front offices – Especially like stats based front offices, as funny as that kind of sounds, being like, whoa, like if we just get him on our team, like, boy, that's really good. Or I could see teams going, it's $45 million. He only has one year left on his deal. He's 34. I'll give you a third. Like it really wouldn't shock me anything in between those two, two figures.
1: Yeah. I, I if, if I'm the Vikings and Cleveland comes to me with anything even remotely resembling the offer that you, that you mentioned with the first round picks, even one first round pick, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. I, because honestly, if it, if it was the NBA, the Vikings would have to throw in a pick because everyone knows they're trying to get off that contract. So if Minnesota can swindle a team into being like, listen, you're the new GM needs to get on the phone and be like, listen, Kirk's a tough guy, he puts up good numbers. You basically got to talk them into Kirk Cousins and then say, we're giving up a lot here. I mean, he's a really good player. He's been so great in the locker room. I, I'm gonna need a first round pick. If you can do that, you you press you press send in a heartbeat. I mean, the Vikings realistically, they they're the ones that would be winning massively in that deal, even though Cleveland would realistically get better as well.
0: Reckless speculation. I would I would the Browns, I think, if pick 13. I want pick 13 for Kirk. I'll give you Kirk and I'll give you, I believe we have a, a second round pick.
1: I'll give you whatever that would be pick uh, 45. So, you'd, so you so the Vikings in that scenario would basically have 30 extra million dollars in cap space. They, they would have about 30 people. spots. They would they, yeah, they would have multiple yeah. I mean just that's Wait, did they trade their first round pick for this year? No, they have 12. Okay, so they would be they okay, have 12 so they and 13. And if, and if you really wanted to get reckless, I mean, you could, you could package 12 and 13 and move up to four, you know, I mean, just like, or whatever it would be.
0: Yeah. Well, how, how is this for crazy? Because um, I, I've, we've been talking about, you know, moving Kirk Cousins, and I would move him for just about any s- mildly significant package of draft picks. But how is this for crazy? I want Kirk Cousins as a starting quarterback of this team next year, and I'll tell you why. Um, it, wow, it, I can't wait to hear this. It'd be nice if we could restructure. I think I think you deserve a restructure, and I'm not talking about adding extra years because I don't want him any longer than we have to. But 45 million, let's figure out a way to get that. Kirk, we gave you the first ever fully guaranteed contract. Like, yeah, let's get that to 35. Yeah. But but even if you don't, I still want him because here's the thing: uh, you're not you're not going to find a better quarterback in the offseason season, then Kirk cousins, whether or not you draft Mr. Wright or you trade for whoever you're probably not going to get Ross. I don't see how that would work. You're probably not going to get Watson. Watson. So those two withstanding, are we going to, are we going to go into next year with, with Fitzpatrick? And the thing is, he's been here. He has one, if, if he had two years left on, on his deal, I'm completely out. He has one year left. You might as well ride it out. And the thing is people talk about how much money you would save if you got rid of Kirk, which is true. But we are currently $14 million over the cap, okay? So we, we get rid of Kirk's 45. What does that put you at? At 31? Let's say we signed Fitzpatrick or somebody. It's going to cost at least $10 million to get a starting quarterback in today's NFL. Probably, so probably now, that. And that is being so generous. Let's say 15. Yeah. Okay, so now we yeah. have $25 million to spend. What is that going to get? That's not going to get us anything. So people always talk about, hey, you could retool, dude. You're going to have tw- best case scenario, you're going to have twenty five million dollars to spend, and that's before draft picks, and that's before re-signing anybody that you want. That's before re-signing Patrick Peterson. So it's like we're, it's kind of to the point where we're already so fucked and so invested, and the and the the end is so close because there's no way he's here past twenty twenty two. Like the end, the end date for all of this is the start of the twenty twenty three season. I just kind of go do You might as well ride it out. You're not going to, it's a myth. You're going to save money. The money you save will be trivial. Let's let's maybe, maybe he will be a little better with the enemy. And just one thing real quick, even if yep. you want to, even if you want to go the route of, and I'm not like a win now guy. Like I still think we should be focusing towards the future, but I'm not crazy about the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class. Uh, and, and we've seen rookie quarterbacks really suck in their first year. So it's,
1: That's kind of my take on it. Here's what I would do. I I would, there is no, if, if it was up to me and I was the GM, there is a literal 0% chance Kirk Cousins plays for me next year. And here's the reason I understand you can, you can ride it out and whatever he's going to be serviceable. And that's, that's the problem for me is I don't want someone serviceable. I want 17 games of Sean Mannion. I want to win two of them and I want to draft in the top three if I'm Minnesota, because if I can do that and let's say I, I packaged Kirk cousins for worst case scenario, maybe I packaged him for a really late first round pick or even a second round pick, whatever the money's off the books. And, and like you said, I'm, if I brought someone in, I would have to pay. I'll start Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion. We're not increasing any money. We're going to bottom out. And, and this is for, obviously this would be the next draft. So, at that point, there's likely going to be some better quarterbacks. I'm doing everything I can for not this draft, the next one to draft in the top three. And for me, that, that's impossible if I don't get rid of Kirk Cousins. So, if I get anything back for Kirk, it's a bonus just in and of itself. But I want to bottom out. And, and if I'm the new GM, that's my pitch to the Wolves. Listen, we've done too much of eight and eight and eight and nine and 10 and six. I'm t- we're done with that. We got to go three and whatever, whatever it would be three and 14. And we got to draft a quarterback in the top three. It's the only way to really start making a jump above just competing for a wild card slot.
0: I a hundred percent agree with you. And if I was running the team, that's what I do the, the, the reason why I say stick with Kirk and, and, you know, the reason I'm talking, like I'm talking, I agree with you. That's a hundred percent, the right thing to do. I guess my, I'm speaking towards the more realistic outcome because I don't, Oh yeah, I I really don't uh, think you're gonna get a GM that comes in and says because there is a there is a decent amount of talent. I mean, it's not the it's not the worst roster not, in it's the not world. It's not that
1: bad of a roster.
0: I don't I don't think I don't think you would get the job if you if if you said, hey, let's just completely blow it up or let's retool. So and I, I guess part of the problem. I, I guess I'm talking more realistic, but I agree that's what you should do. But the, the the thing that the thing that scares me the most, the thing that even scares me more than Kirk cousins playing for me in, in 2022 because at most he's only here for one more year the, I can, I can deal with that. We've already had so many bad years. I can deal with that. The thing that really scares me is somebody coming in and you talk about how teams are not willing to do three, four five year rebuilds. Um, I think, I think somebody would be more likely to do that with the Vikings because the Wilfs are above average owners. So I Great think
1: donors. Yeah.
0: So I think that's possible. But the thing that scares me is somebody coming in and believe me, I want a young franchise quarterback more than anybody. Believe me, I want that, but I don't want to bust. I don't, I don't want somebody coming in and look and having the 12th pick in the draft and two quarterbacks go ahead uh, of the 12th pick and being like, it's my first year here. I got to attach my name to a young quarterback. Let's take bumfuck McGee from, you know, Southeast Missouri state. And then, like, we draft another Christian Ponder. We draft a third-round pick, you know, with a, a top-15 pick. And then, like, we not only waste a draft pick, but waste, you know, a year or two or three developing that quarterback. I just, you know, I, I really want, I want them to really be patient with taking a quarterback. You, you can't it, – it's either this draft or next draft, and I would probably want it to be the 2023 draft. But, I, I yes. dude, because, because if they take – if they take a quarterback – With the 12th pick or anywhere in the first round they're not taking one in 2023 no matter how good or how bad that guy is that's their guy they're not taking one then so i'm just really scared if people come in and don't know what they're doing and are like uh who's that north carolina guy not sam hartman Uh, that's the wake forest guy Uh, sam howell if somebody's like dude i'm telling you sam howell's the guy i mean sure he fucking sucked you know his, his senior year in college uh, but, you know, man, I'm telling you, that's the guy. I mean, North Carolina quarterbacks are so good. I mean, look at how good Trubisky is. Look at how good Marquise Williams is. And just attaching three Really years- good
1: locker room guys. Just oh, glue Jesus. guys. just Really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like- fucking high football IQ. Uh, yep, yep. They're, that just scares me,
0: and
1: oh, dude, that and, just And, scares and that's me. the thing. I'll, I'll fully self-report. The scenario that I laid out will never happen because it doesn't happen because GMs, Have to essentially lie. They have to essentially lie and say, "No, we're not that far away." Even if they know damn well they're really far away, they have to say we're close because it's the only way they're going to get the job. Because if they don't do it, someone else will say it. Yeah, and and owners get the job, and it will get them the job. That's exactly it. But I mean, look at every time a team that has has bottomed out and really made a comeback. My my brain immediately goes to. I know it didn't work out in the long run. Andrew Luck. The Colts lost Peyton Manning. They were an absolute tire fire. And suddenly the best quarterback prospect since John Elway is coming up. And you're bad enough to where you get the pick. And suddenly you're right back in playoff contention. You have a a quarterback that's battling for MVPs. Now you couldn't build an offensive line and ultimately it cost him his career. But if you could have even built a half decent offensive line, the Colts likely would have a Super Bowl title in the last seven years. I mean that's not out of the question to say. Andrew Luff was a special talent, and the only way to get him is if they bottomed out and they did just that. That's the funniest
0: thing talking about the difference between the Vikings and and the Browns and their scenario. Talking about trading for Kirk Cousins and 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 you know not retooling is it's like, oh, if the Cleveland Browns bottom out with all that talent and get a get the fourth pick in the draft, what the fuck are they going to do with that? They're going to waste it. But you talk about like the Vikings like. Oh my god if we had the 4th pick in the draft holy shit i would i would drown a bag of cats to get the 4th pick in the draft like oh my god we're set for 20 years if we just have the 4th pick in the draft like it's it's so crazy like the different expectations and and shit like that between the the two sides um i think we probably can wrap up the vikings unless you have anything yeah.
1: additional to add no i i mean just the the only thing i would say is For me, it's Bienni or Flores. I mean, you got to get one of those guys. They're they're well respected guys in the league, and you got to start going on offense. Basically, you have to go the anti Mike Zimmer route. Have someone that's fun, maybe a little positive every now and then, God forbid, and knows the offensive X's and O's. And I I think you've got some decent options out there. Hundred percent.
0: All right. Well, we'll go to the uh, the Green Bay Packers here. Obviously, I'll let you. I'll just clear the floor for you because uh, that's. uh... That's your uh, expertise here. So tell me, tell me all about
1: the Green Bay Packers, Reagan. I, I will tell you. This is just very clearly, this is the last chance. I mean, I, I, not being dramatic when I say that, this is if would you anyone say knows the last dance. About, I would say it's the last dance. This is if you look at the salary cap numbers, they are absolutely positively screwed moving forward and i know the salary cap is like well it's kind of a myth and you can move around and there are good cap guys but at some point you got to pay the piper and green bay is basically next in line to, to punch their ticket to paying an unreasonable sum of money there i, I want to say right now they're like projected to be 47 million dollars over the cap next year or something i mean mean, it's just like they are so far over that players will have to go people will have to be restructured so where do you you cut that money where are some logical places to cut that the prop here's the problem you basically aaron Rodgers has to take a pay cut i mean you can get if you let zadarius go you get some money back if you get if you let preston go you get some money back but man, here's the thing. You got some expensive players coming up. Take a look at Devontae Adams, probably the best receiver in the league. At worst, he's top three. He's up for a new deal. He's going to want the absolute max. Jair Alexander is going to want money. He's one of the, he was an all pro. He's one of the three best corners in the league. He's going to want an absolute brings truck. You are, essentially screwed. I mean, Billy Turner's making a high sum of money. I, I'm not, I haven't looked at his deal specifically, but if you can get off that, you're going to want to do it. It's, they have, they have essentially for the last three or four years, pushed everything down the road and we'll, we'll deal with it later, later and we'll pay later. Well, later is, is next year. And when next year comes, if they don't have Super Bowl rings coming off this off season, it's a complete failure. And and quite honestly, I think there's a better chance they tear it down than than they find a way to quote unquote retool and compete again next year. It's it's they're in trouble. I mean, they, they really are. And it, this is their chance to win a Super Bowl title. And that's that's as simple as I can put it.
0: You know, what's the scariest thing? Looking at the the Packers um, contracts here, the scariest thing for me is you have. 10% of your cap going to David Bakhtiari, 11% of your cap going to David Bakhtiari, who's a great player, no doubt. But when, he, you know, best availability or best ability is availability. And the dead cap on that is $39 million. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, the, like I said, there there are contracts that you can't get out of at this point. I mean, there is, like I said, they're in trouble. And Bakhtiari's back. Here's the, here's the thing. Next year, we can worry about next year when we get there, but this is the run. Everything for Green Bay is set up perfectly. And here's the thing: God's honest truth is a Packer fan. If they don't do it this year, throw the salary cap aside for next year. They're never going to do it. This is as good of an opportunity as they have. Other teams have fallen off. Tampa is not even close to what they once were. They beat nine nothing by by New Orleans. Starting a at best, third-string quarterback? Come on now. Tampa's not what they used to be. Green Bay has to do it this year. You're getting Bakhtiari back, who's who played in Detroit and had good reps. Jair Alexander is practicing again. He's supposed to be back. Billy Turner is off the COVID list. I mean, it, you basically have Z- – Zadarius Smith is, is back and practicing. Everything is ramping up for you to win a Super Bowl championship this year. The only no- – basically notable player – I. They won't have Tunyon. Okay, you don't have a starting tight end, but the only real notable player that won't be back is Elton Jenkins, who shredded his ACL in like 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 Week Nine, and that's a big loss because he's basically an All Pro left left guard. But for the most part, you, you won thirteen games this year, and you were missing like three starting All Pros. You're getting them back for the playoffs. You have to win a title this year. There are no there is no consolation prize if. Well, we lost on the last second field goal in the NFC championship game. I don't care. I don't care. It's title or bust.
0: So, how do you how do you look at the dynamic between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and, and the future of the quarterback position for the Packers because it from from my standpoint, my novice, you know, standpoint here, we've we're seeing Tom Brady dude, he could play until he, he might retire when he's 47. I mean, yeah. Now, now, whether or not Aaron Rodgers can and wants to are probably two different things. Um, but it really, it really seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to stop playing football when he wants to stop playing football. It's it's probably I not going to be a that. physical thing. He's thirty-eight. It it was a first-round pick, but it 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 from 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 my standpoint, it really feels like when when the, uh, the the Patriots drafted Garoppolo. So how do you if if you can't win it this year? I think obviously, if you win it this year, he stays. But if you can't win it this year and love is going into his third year, how do you, how do you view that situation? What do you think, what would you do if you were the Packers front office?
1: If, if we don't win it this year and, and I'm, I'm super torn on this because you know, the, the diehard, irrational Green Bay fan inside of my soul says run it back. But in my head, I know run it back. doesn't work. Run it back essentially has never worked outside of the Patriots dynasty. And the thing is, it it all comes back to the money situation. If we don't win it this year, we're not winning it. I mean, we're just not winning it with Aaron Rodgers. And if it's, I know all of it's not, obviously not all of it's his fault. I mean, there have been some serious collapses. Talk Brandon Bostic in Seattle and in the 14 NFC championship game, talk about his defense is giving up 45 points in title games. I mean, it's not all his fault, but if they don't win it this year, I'm honestly fine with tearing it down. I mean, I, I, I know that sounds stupid because the roster is so good, but at some point you either have to get over the hump or you have to find a different way and start over. And if they can't get over this hump, the money situation is so bad that you're going to have to cut salary. Anyways, let's say someone offers, if Aaron's going to win a second consecutive MVP this year, if someone offers two first two two first and a second, and you get a a, a young or a cheap quarterback and and you can start Jordan love with three first round picks. I mean, there, there are ways to get around this and then you can start cutting, cutting cap in other places. Let's say you have Billy Turner's become too expensive or, or Zedarius or Preston cut them draft a rookie? That's, that's a first round linebacker. And suddenly your salary cap is more under control. You have a cheaper quarterback and you're kind of right back in the swing of things, but this restructuring, I honestly don't think there's a way to restructure and keep all these players. It, it's they're, yeah, you can manipulate three million, you can even manipulate seven million. You're not going to manipulate dozens and dozens of millions of dollars in the salary cap. Yeah, so basically, I wouldn't mind tearing it down. Is what okay. I'm saying.
0: Okay, because you know it's kind of funny. Like uh, two years ago, before his, his the, the the, I guess most recent MVP season, people were saying, I mean, Rodgers might have one or two, year, two years left. I don't want to, like, right. I don't want to overcorrect to the other side, but he might have six years left. Like he might, he might, he could, you could retool. I mean, I, I don't think he'd want to do that, but 70% completion percentage, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, like he's playing here, as, as good as he's
1: ever played. Th- this is the problem I have with retooling though. There, there's no money to retool. This is as good as this roster can possibly get. You cannot make this roster better with the money situation you're in. They have spent years and years getting to this position, signing those free agents and Preston and Zadarius, bringing in Adrian Amos. I mean, this is the roster. If you don't, if you don't do it now, you're not going to do it with this team, and that's okay. But I don't want to go on pretending like, well, oh my God, if we bring in a if we bring in our right guard and, and maybe we, you know, we find a way to restructure it at, at left outside linebacker, it's not going to happen. So if, if you want to start over and make some serious changes, I'm perfectly okay with that because like I said, this is the season. So with whatever happens and, and let's say they win the Super Bowl this year, then he comes back and there's so much more leeway because you're coming off a championship. Your fans will be good for a while. If you win a title this year, but if they can't get it done now, it's 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 time to change the strategy because retooling ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen.
0: But what? But what would? So say say you guys lose in the playoffs and you don't win a Super Bowl and you get rid of Aaron Rodgers and you don't have the money to bring back. Not only do you not have the money to bring back Devontae Adams, but you have to cut. Mm-hmm. You know, s- several. Big name players like I don't know, you traded Bakhtiari or something, or you know, you get rid of some of these guys. What would bottoming out even look like? Because I still think with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and Jordan Love, (laughs) maybe he's good, maybe he's average, maybe he's somewhere you know in between. I mean, you're you're probably not a team that's going to win two or three games. You're probably still winning maybe
1: five, six or seven games. It's probably a seven. It's probably six or seven win team, but I, I mean. I don't you'd know. Be, you'd just, be
0: closer to bottoming out, but you would actually be closer to kind of where the Vikings were this year where, I mean, there's, there's going to be worse teams than the Packers for, for sure. You're going to probably have probably going to miss the
1: playoffs and get the 14th pick. I, I, I tend to agree, but the only thing is, I, I think if let's say we start Jordan love and they're never getting rid of Bakhtiari cause he's, he's when he's healthy, he's maybe the best left tackle in the league, but Let's say you get rid of, uh, you know, just a couple pieces on defense and, you know, maybe Devontae, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, maybe Devonte doesn't want to be here. And then suddenly the box is more stacked and A.J. Dillon can get seven yards to carry and your wide receiver core is suddenly like not very good. The, there are scenarios in, in which you're you're under the cap. You're starting Jordan Love and suddenly you're a four win team. Like, I really I really believe that. So I, it, I, I will always be an advocate for the completely unrealistic tank and start over route because I think it's proven to be effective when, it, when it's done correctly. And like I said, all of the eggs are in this basket. It, this, this is the only chance we have left. And do you, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to take a restructure? Do you think if they approached him and were like, listen, Aaron, we need you to like – we need to shave like $7 million. He's never doing that. I mean, especially with, you know, he can say he's buddy buddy with Malafour, and maybe he is, but he's, I don't believe he's best friends with the front office, especially good against he's never taking a restructure and the money just doesn't work. This is the ceiling for this team. And I have no problem in saying that. But now that you're at the ceiling, you have to get the job done.
0: So do you, do you think that there's very, very little chance that Devontae's back next year, even, even if uh, you, you want to keep the band together, being $45 million over the cap, and he's probably going to want – honestly, he might set a record for wide receiver contracts. I mean, we see it go up and up and up. It might be north of $25 million to bring back
1: Devontae. He's, he's probably not back, right? it all comes down to if they can find a way to pay him and also if if Aaron Rodgers is even here. If Aaron Rodgers isn't here, why would Devontae want to stay?
0: Yeah, well this is this is
1: assuming Rodgers is, is still here. Okay, under the under the assumption that Rodgers is still here, they're I don't know I honestly don't know how you make the money work. Like you like we're talking about moving how much money would it be? $40 million. We would get, have to, to find get to a zero. Lead. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to you move know, seven. Probably you probably have to move $65 million to get. And that, and that's my point in saying, like, I, I just, I, I don't see how you do it. I mean, is there a way I'm sure there is, but does it involve losing? Maybe you lose six starters. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's that—that's kind of just where we're at right now. We're kind of—we're really stuck after this
0: season. Okay, this sounds a, a little bit crazy. It's—it's it's probably my last tangent here on the on, on the Packers, but and obviously Devonte Adams is, at, like you said, at a bare minimum, he's a, he's a top three wide receiver. So I'm not in any way trying to say he's not a great wide receiver. But obviously yeah. Aaron Rodgers has had a really remarkable ability to to make you know wide receivers on his team better. Do you have? Do you absolutely have to have Devonte Adams on the team? If if even somehow you can somehow they cut sixty five, do you have to pay him twenty five million? Can you like Lazard is serviceable, uh, Saint Brown serviceable? There are.
1: There you could are. Dra- prefer- you can
0: draft a first round wide receiver or something. Good.
1: There are serviceable players, but how how do you approach Aaron with that conversation? Hey, listen. I just just don't think we're Devante's worth the money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's just, which it's, it seems like it's like twister of, of bad decisions. Like, all right, we're going to, we're going to spin the thing. Oh, red is like, Oh God, we got to let Devontae go. And you spin it again. And yellow's like, Aaron's not happy. And there's just, it doesn't seem like there's any good options for green Bay moving forward. That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. They're in a they're in a they're in a rough spot there.
1: And so, I, I mean, that kind of completes the NFC North, and and I'm we'll we'll get back to Green Bay when we get to the playoffs. But I mean, just there's a there's a lot to talk about here.
0: No, I agree. Oh, we we could we could go on forever. I got about uh, thirty minutes left of battery on my uh, my laptop here, so we'll see. We can, uh, we can fly through the playoffs, okay, sweet yeah, we'll we'll get through the playoffs here. I'll be filling out my bracket uh, live as i'm I'm making the picks because uh, I'm, I'm too lazy to make the picks beforehand. Uh, we both agree the NFL is fucking stupid for not having a playoff bracket. So I believe we're both looking at the same CBS playoff yeah, bracket i I believe we understand how the playoffs work as well, which uh, one one could assume, but I mean you never. You never really know, so I suppose we'll start with the uh, the AFC because you know we're we're two NFC guys through and through. Right. Uh, let let's start with the Saturday game, the earliest Saturday game. That's going to be the uh, number five seed, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, taking on uh, the number four seeded Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what is your uh, analysis of uh, the first uh,
1: wild card game for Super Wild Card Weekend? I actually think it will be a good matchup. I mean, obviously Vegas has had essentially an unprecedented season in terms of losses, quite literally rugs. I mean, don't want to go into it, but he's never going to play football again. Yeah, he can talk about that, you, got, you That's right. You talk about John Gruden. I mean, he got fired, whatever. So you lose. You can make an argument. You lost your best player on the field and you lost your head coach and you find a way to get into the playoffs as a five seed. The only thing is I don't trust Derek Carr. The Raiders defense is it's all right. But the thing is, it's all Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is clearly the better quarterback. Jamar Chase is essentially unstoppable. That dude, I mean, who's to say he he couldn't have 250 yards and four touchdowns in a game? I mean, he's basically unguardable at this point. I, I feel like at a minimum, Cincinnati is going to score four touchdowns. I mean, I will always take the better quarterback and also the better weapons, and both of those – Happen to be for the Bengals. So I don't have score predictions. I don't know if you want me to drum up a score, but man, I I, I think the Bengals win this game. I mean, you can give us a ballpark of the score. I mean, we're not going to hold you to it, but. I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders offense. So I'm going to go. I'll go. I'll go Bengals like 28,
0: 17. Okay. All right. I can see that. The thing for me, and I don't know this. Is is there uh is there the Nickelodeon Wild Card game?
1: Uh, there is this weekend. It's um, is it uh, dang it, I f- I forgot what it is. Is it is it San Francisco and I have Dallas, no or is idea. it or is it Philly Tampa? It's one of the NFC games. I'm pretty sure. I will definitely be tuning into. You're that getting MVP. Oh, it would be the second, the second of all time, right behind Trubisky's victory. Yeah. Yep. Well deserved. Well deserved. Really, really, you know, that's that's something they're going to put on his Canton bust. That's pretty much all he has at this point. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I I agree with your assessment on uh, Vegas and Cincinnati. I, I really don't even look at the defenses. I mean, the defenses are pretty nondescript for for a playoff team. In my mind, it's it's really going to come down to quarterbacks. If it's if it's close towards the end, Derek Carr and the Raiders just somehow pull out through uh, close games, but who are they going to get to cover Jamar Chase? I mean, they, they have whiffed on so many corner picks. I don't even. I honestly don't even know anybody in their, in their secondary. Uh, Garyon Conley, I guess. So they're going to... Jacobs is probably the better running back, but with Mixon and Burrow and, and Chase, just with those three players alone, they're, they're going to win I, that
1: game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Waller is still questionable to play in this game. I, I believe he's on the COVID list. Cause he did miss an extended period of time with the, with the injury. And then I th- think that like the day he came back, he tested positive for COVID. So I don't even think Waller will be available for this, for this game. Well, you absolutely hate to see it. You hate
0: to see uh, players being selfish for not taking your experimental medicine. I'll probably have to cut that out. Cause I don't want to get fucking shadow banned, but uh... <laughs> probably. So,
1: uh, I, yeah, I think, I think, well, you got a score for us. Uh, it sounds like you're leaning Cincinnati. 26
0: to 22, and I'm hoping that's scoreigami, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. Well, whatever it would be, the 1,070th scoreigami. Yeah. Man, I fucking love They almost said Skorigami on the last broadcast where they oh, had that happen. Was it the, the Cowboys
1: and uh, Eagles or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, I thought the score totally off topic here, but the remember the Cowboys game? Who were they playing when they won by, like, 60, like five weeks ago? I, I can't believe that wasn't Skorgami. It was like 58 to like 14 or something like that. Was that Washington? It, it was Washington. Good good call on that. That was the – I think Heineke started that game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, should we go to the Saturday night New England at Buffalo game? You, you, you're reading my mind here. Yeah, let's go
0: to uh, the, the trilogy. The trilogy fight here. You want, Heavy you want weight to kick trilogy. it off? Oh boy, that is, that is tough. New England's going to have to go back. You know, what's crazy about the the first two meetings is that the road team won the, won the first two games uh, of the year. So by that logic, the the Patriots should win. I mean, historically they would have Tom Brady and I would, I would not be afraid of a three seed Buffalo, but uh, I'm, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just going to assume because it's mid January in uh, Buffalo, New York, that the weather is going to be, absolute fucking dog shit uh the bills mafia is insane every week it's something new with the bills mafia i mean they they're destroying tables tables lighting shit on fire i've seen videos of uh bills mafia fans eating asses in parking lots i mean they're just they're crazy they're honestly the best fans in the nfl and anybody who says otherwise is ridiculous uh i like buffalo to, to win this i like josh allen uh i like their their defense uh, I think if New England's going to win, it's going to be nickel and diming. you know Mac Jones going for 188 yards, 40 for 50 passing like just 35 30
1: minutes of possession time.
0: Yeah, having 12 minute drives but I it like is. I like Buffalo to win a super low scoring game. I'm gonna be like
1: I'm gonna be like 13 to 10. All right. This is my biggest upset of the entire bracket. I actually do believe New England will win this game. And here's the reason: if, if first of all, I, I objectively trust Bill Belichick more, I, I, I trust the Patriots' defense more. They've been fairly good this entire season. And the biggest thing for me is obviously Josh Allen is a better quarterback than uh, I can't think of his name, Mac Jones. He's, he's Allen is unquestionably better. But the thing is, what Josh Allen are we getting? Like five or six times this season, he literally forgets to get off the bus and is garbage for the better part of three quarters. They've lost games this season. They have absolutely no business in losing. So if, if Josh Allen just has one of his, one of those, maybe it's his seventh bad game of the year, they have no chance if he doesn't play well. And he hasn't been consistent this year. I mean, he, his QBR is either like, 95 or 30. So like I it, it I don't want to say it's a coin flip if he's going to be good or not cuz it's but it it might be 70-30. You know, if you if you run the game 10 times, 3 times he's garbage. I think they lose those times and you know, the weather, the pressure and New England's been there. I know they don't have Tom Brady, but I overall I trust New England more and Josh Allen has been inconsistent. So, I'll go to New England to win a close one. Probably I don't know, twenty four seventeen maybe something like that. Okay, fair enough.
0: Okay, so moving on to uh, the final uh, wild card game for the AFC. It's going to be uh, the the powerhouse Pittsburgh Steelers on the road as the number seven seed, going to Arrowhead, home of uh, Javon Belcher's ghost. Uh, what do you got for this one, Reagan? This is
1: this game will not be close but I think it might be the most fun to watch because we're going to see Pittsburgh probably lose by 35. And I don't know if you've seen the meme going around social media, but it's, it's, it's a picture of big Ben. And it says you're invite everyone's invited to big Ben's retirement party hosted by the Kansas city chiefs, because this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I'm serious. I I think Kansas city could win by five touchdowns. There is no there are no redeeming qualities for Pittsburgh. Stick a fork in Big Ben Roethlisberger. He is cooked. He was cooked two years ago. Andy Reid will have his way with this Pittsburgh defense. I, I don't care what first of all, TJ Watts' sack record, illegitimate in my book. I know he tied Strahan at 22 and a half. Extra game. I don't care. Okay. Strahan's a sack king. Why is, why is it illegitimate? I, I hate that. Here's the thing. I don't I don't like this. Obviously, I like the 17th game, but now every record is going to be broken forever. But TJ
0: But TJ Watt uh, only played in I think 14
1: or 15 games. But he had the extra opportunity. Okay, uh, that's fair. I'm, I'm just saying. That's I'm, fair. I'm just saying. Other play. Other players miss games with, with injuries in the 16 game season. And I don't know if Strahan did. I haven't looked. But I just I'm not, I'm no longer impressed by like. No, nothing against T.J. Watt here, but I'm no longer impressed by. Ooh, you you set the single season record for passing yards in. Devontae certainly wouldn't have broke Jordy Nelson's record. Whatever. I I just I don't care about records at this point because it's been significantly altered. But I'll get back to the game.
0: But it, but Kansas, it is but it is impressive. He has more than a sack a game. I mean, on it's like it's it's impressive. But also, it's
1: in that we're gonna just get into sack argument here. Uh, in straight era, I mean, imagine how much less they were passing. T.J. Watt is rushing the passer 55 times a game. Strahan was probably doing it 28, maybe 20. I mean, I, I just feel like records are really changing. And I, and just it's it's completely personal. I know I'm on an island here, but I don't care about records. If you would have had like 30 sacks or 20, I'd have been like, oh, my God, like whatever, prolific. But anyways, I, I don't care about the records. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's defense is for the most part garbage it's going to be Kansas city. I'll, I'm going to go extreme just cause it's fun. I'm going to say it's like, I'm going to say it's like 43 to 17.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go. I And I like that too, because I, I, I want to go 49 to seven, but you know that they're going to ease off a little bit and I'll get some garbage time touchdowns or something. Yeah. Yep. I'll go 49, 13 they're gonna smoke them. It's going to be like uh, it's going to be like the second half of that uh, game a couple of years ago between Buffalo and Kansas City when they pulled off that comeback. Except there is no oh, yeah. comeback. It's just it's boat racing from start to finish. <laughs> they, they will score as many points as they want. Now, do they want to play yeah. into the late into the third and into the fourth? But it is going to be a very unceremonious uh farewell for uh ben roethlisberger i mean it is going to be a murder i would be if if pittsburgh found a way to beat kansas city on the road that would be as shocked as i've been for anything related to sports probably for like
1: the last calendar year i haven't looked at it yet i want i'm what in the hell is the betting line how much is it's okay let's let's play guess the line here for one game uh, don't don't look at it yet. Okay, I, I'll, I'm I'll thinking look. I I haven't looked at it. So I'm going to ballpark 15. I, I if you told me it was 17 and a half, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm serious. It is the playoffs though. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to
0: 13 and a half. Okay. I'm actually really curious cuz this I'll I'll, I'll, this I'll put find some money away.
1: on this. If you have anything else to add about big Ben Roethlisberger and his retirement party, which we're going to be watching. Oh, yeah. On. No,
0: he's busted. I might start Mason Rudolph uh, if, I was the, if I was the Steelers. I actually won my wow. fantasy football with uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, last
1: week. And do the numbers the title? putting up are garbage. I'm sorry. What was that? Did you win the title? You won the I championship? Did. Yeah. I also, I also won the title, but I had Mahomes playing quarterback, so that wow, helped quite a bit. There bad. you go. I had a running back wow. at quarterback uh, for, for my entire season. Love to see it. All, All right. right. The Excellent. line, giving, giving, giving respect to Pittsburgh, it's only eleven and a half. Yeah, it is the playoffs. I mean, uh, uh, it, this is a compilation. The first one is 11 and a half. Others have it at 12 and a half, but it's, it's basically ballparked but man, I would smash the fucking over. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there's no scenario in which Pittsburgh wins this game, right? Outside of Mahomes leaving on a cart. I mean, I'm like, there's no way they win this game. I think Matt Moore would, would still beat him. (laughs) I mean, he won, he won that AFC championship game for him. He's clutch. last, Last, last thing. And then we can move off this. Tell me at what point in the game in terms of time wise, at what point is the game over? I bet it's over that's with three minutes left in the first quarter.
0: It all it all depends who gets the first kickoff.
1: That's 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 fair, actually. Can I can feel like, like it's, gonna be, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be Pittsburgh to receive three and out, Kansas City touchdown, uh, you know, one first down, stop, touchdown, 14, nothing, and it's over.
0: Can I, can I have two scenarios for when the game's over and they're dependent on who gets the kickoff? Yes, yeah. If the Chiefs receive the opening kickoff, how much time is left on the clock or how much time is evaporated?
1: Uh, let's say how much time is left on the clock. Just tell me how much is left in the whatever quarter.
0: Seven and a half minutes.
1: Okay, so like... It's over. Are we talking like one... Methodical drive, you go, you know, eighty-five yards or whatever. No, or are multiple, you talking
0: like a couple quick scores? Oh, okay, multiple quick long scores, like seventy-yard well, touchdowns.
1: Well, they get it. They get it. Like they receive on the twenty-five. It's it's a seventy-five-yard bomb to Tyree Kill. It's a three-and-out, and then a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, and yep. the game's over. Yep. Yeah, if if I they like don't
0: that. if they don't receive the first half kickoff, I'm gonna say with five minutes
1: left to go in, in the first quarter, yeah. it's over. It's over. If, if, if Pittsburgh can get to halftime within 10 points, oh I think it's, it's a huge win. I'm serious.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. No, I agree. Pittsburgh's um, done. Big Ben is done. Stick a fork in that turducken. A hundred percent. Shout out to John Madden's turducken, man. Austin, from Austin, Minnesota. <clears throat> All right, so are we good on the AFC? Yes, we are good on the AFC. Uh, So we'll go to the NFC. Uh, We'll start with the uh, 1 p.m. game on Sunday. That's going to be the top seeded, well, top seed that plays that week. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have a a feeling we're going to agree on this one, but uh, I'll uh, I'll defer to you on this one.
1: I'm going to say it's Tampa in basically just a manhandle victory. I, I mean, the score might not reflect. I feel like this could be one of those games where it's like, you look at the final score and maybe maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's 21 to 10 or something. And it's like, well, maybe it's, it's like a two-possession game. Like, it's not that – but if you watch the game, it was never close. I think it could be one of those types of games. And I saw on Twitter – this is half-assed research right here. That's the best kind of research. And NFC playoff teams record in the regular season against other playoff teams. Oh, Tampa yeah. Bay is 4 Tampa Bay's four and one. Philly's 0-6. They have not beat a single team that qualified for the postseason. Not only There's that, no, they're they're 0-8 against teams above 500. So, I mean, just legitimate garbage. Um, can you imagine even what let, let's be honest, Tampa Bay's defense isn't what it once was, but my God, can you imagine how they're gonna feast on oh. on, on on having a young quarterback for Philly? I mean, my God, this I don't expect this to be competitive. I, I'll, I'll go with whatever score I mentioned. I'll say 21-10. I think Tampa's not going to get crazy with it, especially they just lost. Um, the dude just shredded his ACL. Um, the wide receiver. Oh, Chris Godwin. Oh, uh, yeah, Chris Godwin. I, I mean, they lose that. So the weapons are dwindling. Gronk's obviously not what he used to be. But they get the job done here in, in advance pretty easily, I think.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's a real possibility that Tampa Bay sets a single-game sack record, which Reagan will not be impressed with because he'll say that there's more passing opportunities than
1: – Oh, you know, no. No, I, I, I would be impressed with a single-game single record. I, I just don't care about a season okay. unless it's blown out of the water. I mean, if but you, we're, if you, we're in different if, eras. We are in different eras, but the, the 15 extra pass rush opportunities in one game – is different to me than, than 300 over the season or whatever it would be. Yeah. Who was the, who was the totally off topic? Uh, Chandler Jones. Yeah. Remember five. in the first game of the year, he had like six sacks or whatever. Yep. That was wild. So yeah. yeah. Sorry. Back to what you're saying.
0: Oh no. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think your assessment is correct. I, I could see I, I Tampa Bay is not going to run up the score. And I think that they'll probably right. use a lot of Tyler Johnson and, and guys like that later in the game, a lot of Scotty Miller. I, I think Gronk is like 95% of what he used to be, really? I, I still wow. think, but in short bursts that like not okay. throughout an entire game. So I think hey. they're really going to be judicious about using him in this game because you don't want to wear him out. Like I, I think Gronk is still basically just as good. It's just you, it, it's a real snap count, or it sh- at least it should be a snap count for Gronk. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go like 24 to nine. I don't think the Eagles score a touchdown. I think it's all field goals um it it, you know what it kind of reminds me of it kind of reminds me of last year with uh uh, washington and tampa where tampa's clearly the better team they might not win pretty and maybe by sheer scrappiness of the of the the philly defense they could somewhat keep it manageable but the offense is going to falter the offense will give them nothing i mean they would need a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown for me to, yeah. to feel good yeah. about Philly, even remotely having a chance. So yeah, easy dub for Tampa. And I think a lot of people are going to overreact and, and be like, well, you know, Tampa's really turning it on because you know, they're in the good playoffs point. and now they're, now they're winning.
1: Although, you know, it's against, uh,
0: not a very good team.
1: I think people forget real quick. Just one thing, a little salty green Bay fan from last year. Um, People forget that Tampa was basically garbage through those through those first two games of the postseason. Think about that New Orleans game. They were losing to the Saints like late in the third quarter. And their offense had been largely ineffective the entire game. So yeah, Tampa got hot. They escaped Green Bay and went on to win a Super Bowl in which Kansas City had half their offensive line missing. But this Tampa team is worse than that one. And they had a they had a clunker early in that postseason. So I'm not picking Philly, but I'm just saying like I, I tend to agree with you that people are going to overreact and, and put Tampa in the Super Bowl if they look even half decent in that first game. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: Uh, two more games to go here on the, uh, the wild card side of it. We got uh, what we think is the Nickelodeon game between uh, number three Dallas and number six San Francisco. Any strong takes on,
1: uh, on this one? I am once again being. This is just like me in March Madness, where every year I'm like, "This might be Gonzaga's year. This might be Gonzaga's, you know." And it, and it never is. And I'm not saying I have Dallas in the Super Bowl because sneak peek, I don't. But I, I'm i picking Dallas, and I'm almost positive Dallas is going to lose this game. I, I, <laughs> I and, and, and here's the reason I say this because Dallas. It is really a boomer bust team. If you think about the games that we watched them play this year, it's like, oh my God, Dallas had 60 points and, and 600 yards and and their defense was flying around and digs. And, and you know, they have the tools to do it, but they just haven't done it. And my God, Mike McCarthy, if you want to talk about liability at clock management, you know it's bad when officials are like leaning over, giving them the nudge and like, dude, are you going to call a timeout here? And he's like, I don't think so. It, he's I don't trust Mike McCarthy in big spots I don't trust Dallas in big spots I don't even trust Dak in big spots Zeke is not what he used to be this all sounds like I'm leading up to a San Francisco pick and I'm not I'll take Dallas in a close one and I shouldn't so I'll just I don't even have a score I'll say god I don't know I'll, I'll say 27 to 24 Dallas okay
0: that's interesting
1: uh i'm making up my shit on the spot
0: um it's it's really uh interesting i would feel so much better and i don't i i have no reason to believe they're going to do this i feel so much better if they started trey lance over jimmy g i would feel so much better about san francisco's chances of winning and you you talk about boomer bust for dallas And it's all, it's all bust in the playoffs. It's all, they they, (laughs) they, they might get, they might get to the the divisional, but it's the bust is coming. There's, there's no question about that. And when you're a team that consistently busts in the playoffs, I don't, I I could make a case either way that week 18 was terrible for Dallas. And I could see both scenarios happening. Like I, I, I could see, you know, blowing out Philly's fucking practice squad in that game. They're why way...
1: practice squad fly.
0: They're, yeah, exactly. They're, <laughs> they're way too overconfident. And then they lose a game they probably should win against San Francisco because they think they're hot shit. Like, no matter what they do, I, I think it's, I think it's bad. Um, I'm actually going to go San Francisco in this one. I think San Francisco will win. Oh, I'm, then. I'm, I'm straight up going to, going to pick San Francisco in this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes Jimmy G's not the worst quarterback in the world. Uh, I'm certainly not. He'll certainly try to give the game away if they're, if they're close, but their defense is so good. Bosa Armstead, uh, Fred Warner is probably a top five middle linebacker and that might be putting it lightly. Um, so I think they're going to have a tough time running. I think the more they run Zeke, the worse they'll be. I think Tony Pollard's actually a better running back. I really, and I hate the contract for Zeke. Dak is not big in uh, in big moments, and I think the, the real thing, the real thing, because this is close, and I, I was really close to picking Dallas. I was thinking I was going to pick Dallas in this, but the, it the, is close. The real thing that gets me with San Francisco is Debo Samuel. Like pe- he's a playmaker. He could run the ball. He can catch the ball. So you know, it's not we're not totally reliant on Jimmy G physically passing the ball to our arguably our best playmaker. I guess you got to give that nod to George Kittle who you also have, by the way. But I think when you're, when you're not totally reliant on passing the ball, I, I, I like their chances. And they always have a stable of running backs, no-name running backs that somehow turn out to be good. So I, I like San Francisco on this one.
1: And here's the thing. I think there are three games in this wildcard slate. There are three teams that have everything. To, I mean, like franchise-altering stuff on the line and that might be a little bit of hyperbole, but I I genuinely believe that Dallas is one of them. If Dallas gets knocked out here, you just got one of the best seasons out of a cornerback in the last 40 years. I know he gave up a ton of yards, but he's producing turnovers at basically an unprecedented rate. The defense has been good. Parsons has been fantastic. I mean, Dak's been decent. CD's good. If Dallas loses this game... It it what do you do? You know what I mean? Like it feels like they'll be the team to run it back, though. They oh they a hundred percent they'll never blow up, but they'll never blow up. But it feels like this is to me. It feels like this is their ceiling might be too much, but they're really close to as good as they could have been this year. And if they lose to San Francisco against garbage Jimmy Garoppolo or rookie Trey Lance, I, I don't know where they go from there. Boy, I feel
0: with especially with Trey Lance's mobility, man, I would fucking love to see him uh, start. But the, and another thing that pushes me over is you have a a dumb, uh, you know, uh, high school basketball yelling head coach, uh, you know, some cheese curdy eating motherfucker down there in, in Dallas, and you have you have Shanahan, and I think Shanahan is smart enough to like tailor his offense towards not just towards their strengths because I think a lot of teams can tailor towards their strengths, but like, I don't like I, wherever, wherever uh digs lines up, I think that half of the field is just shut off. Like, I just think it'll be like, okay, we're throwing everything four yards and under, like we're getting the ball out super quick. Cause we don't want to have Micah Parsons have five sacks. I mean, we're running the ball, all RPR, RPO, all play action, like all plays under fucking two seconds. a lot of of runs exactly but i think i think they probably win a a fairly gross game because i think they understand the limit not only the limitations of their offense but the strengths of of the the um the uh, cowboys defense and i think kittle could have a great game because probably the one weakness for dallas it's it's not their corners and it's not their uh it's not their defensive line it's probably their safeties and linebackers and who's going to benefit from that is probably going to be a tight end
1: I, I I want <laughs> listen, I have to pick come Dallas. to the dark side. Come to the dark side. I, I have to I have to pick Dallas. But here's the thing. They have so much to lose. I mean, I'm serious. They if they get bounced here, it's like oh my god. Like we capped out at wild card loss. Oh, if so they fun. if 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 Dallas loses this game, it's a huge disaster, and and also. They, they crumble under pressure. When was the last time Dallas won a must-win game? I, 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 like 2016? Never. Like when they – you know what? Like, I don't know. I, I just – I have to pick Dallas because they – I think they have the better playmakers and they have the better quarterback and they're at home, so I, I feel good about that. But, man, I really do think it's going to be a dogfight that legitimately could come down to the last possession. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh,
0: okay, so moving on to the uh, Monday night uh, wild card game, the final wild card game of Super Wild Card Weekend on ABC of all uh, channels. Uh, we got number five Arizona on the road at SoFi Stadium uh, against the number four seeded LA Rams. Uh, what do you what do you think about this one? Because these these are two undoubtedly uh, talented teams, but pretty inconsistent from start to finish, uh, throughout
1: the, the regular season. I believe it or not, I have Arizona in this game. I haven't thought of the score yet, but I, I what I've seen from listen and full disclosure, the Rams are my super bowl pick from the NFC to go, to go to the super bowl this year. Did I think they would win? Uh, maybe not, but I thought they would come out of the NFC cause I didn't know what green Bay would be. There were questions. Um, but the Stafford experiment is like it's he's been basically a choke artist. He's throwing a pick six basically every game. I mean, like it's, it's been out of control. He's been for the most part, terrible. That defense has been so inconsistent. Obviously you have Aaron Donald who will probably be one of the three best defensive players of all time, but that defense by and large part has, has not been what it once was. And I just don't trust the Rams we've seen them be up 25 points and you blink and it's like it's a field goal game and i don't think you're going to get a, get away with that against arizona now do i trust cliff kingsbury absolutely not that dude should be working a hot dog stand but i do have a lot more faith in kyler murray i think the arizona defense can get after it too that's kind of flown under the radar especially with the pass rushes they have and Basically the difference maker for me is Stafford and he's been terrible for nine weeks. So that's why I'm going Arizona. I'll say it, it will be kind of high scoring just because there's big play potential on both, both sides. I'll say like 31, 27.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably against my, uh, better judgment. I am going to go with the Rams on this, uh, on this one. Um, they're just two crazy inconsistent teams and Kyler Murray probably is more consistent, but dude, he might, he might suck. I mean, we probably know that Stafford is going to suck, but you know, you get Cam Akers back. OBJ has been having uh, you know, a, a good turn. It just feels like there's too much talent for them to lose. I like their defense better than Arizona. Arizona's got some good weapons, but Jalen Ramsey can be shut down. I think it's going to be a really gross game because I, I really don't trust anybody on any side uh and i think the run game is probably going to be non-existent for both sides Uh, and i think it's going to be one of those games where the rams are going to skate by and we're going to be like they are going to be they're not going to be rams they're going to be lambs to the slaughter in the in the divisional round we're going to be like holy shit whoever gets the rams that's easy pickings um so i you know if, if you couldn't tell i don't think anybody from this game is going to go very far but uh man, I'm going to go Rams, but I very easily could be could be wrong on this one.
1: This could this has the potential to be one of those games where there's like five turnovers. Like, you know, Kyler gets hit, he fumbles, Stafford throws three interceptions. Like, there are just so many ways for this game to just fly off the rails, and I'm absolutely here for it. Speaking of teams with a lot to lose, the Rams are absolutely one of them. If they lose this game, they already oh, pushed off in the middle. They have no picks left for like 25 years. They traded everything. They are all in, and I don't even think they're that good. Like, obviously, they're a decent team, but man, they're not even head and shoulders above. They're certainly not better than Green Bay. Are they better than Dallas? Maybe. Like, I I don't. I think they're going to be one and done if they do win.
0: I don't. The thing I can't really figure out about the Rams is I don't know if their superstar players that they've acquired just aren't as good as we think they are. Or they are as good as we think they are, but the depth and other starters that aren't stars are just so bad. Like I don't, like I don't, I don't get what's the deal with the Rams because on, like on paper, on paper they should it, be. It, it like oh, yeah. it rivals like the 2010 Eagles, like that dream team where they just signed everybody. Like it's on paper in Madden, I'm sure they're very, very good. Oh,
1: I have to be. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at the Rams roster; it's like, oh my god, they've got big hitters everywhere on defense. They've got a shut down corner one of the three best defensive players of all time. I mean, they can do all the little things. They've got Cooper Cup, who was like 500 yards ahead of second place for receiving yards this season. OBJ, big play. They have all of it, and they've consistently underperformed, and I don't know if that's a reflection of the coaching staff. Is that I know it's blasphemy to call out Sean McVay, but, man, they certainly underperformed. What their roster likely should have been, and I don't think that's a hot take. No, no, certainly not. Um, so, do we, do we want to keep moving with the bracket and how we did it, or what's the plan here for?
0: Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go with uh, how we how we okay. picked it. So we'll go to that top AFC game. It's going to be the top seeded Tennessee Titans. We know that for sure uh i would have them taking on uh number five las vegas because they'd be the lowest seed uh advancing you would, would have, have them, them taking up. on new england
1: yep that's right okay. oh, what a up. all right you, yeah yeah you you want to start or
0: yeah sure okay so uh again i'm not a very big fan of uh las vegas that also kind of feels like uh uh a game wait a minute Wait a minute. I circled the wrong team here. This is a disaster. I didn't pick Las Vegas. Oh, oh so
1: you're... All oh, this right. Is, so you this have... is a
0: disaster. I picked Cincinnati. Okay, so it still would be Cincinnati because they'd still be the lowest seed I, I picked. It would be. Okay, my apologies. I should be admonished in the comment section. That is, that is terrible. I might, uh, I might cut myself later. That's embarrassing. Um, yeah, I was going to say I don't like Vegas <laughs> at all. I wonder why I put them there. Uh, probably because I didn't. Um, I I think Cincinnati's live dogs, but I really like Tennessee. I think they're the one seed that nobody's talking about. Nobody they've, you know, this is such a weird year with parody where a lot of teams have looked really, really good, you know, on individual weeks. And then they fucking suck the next week. And Tennessee has been the most consistent. Now that's not exactly saying a whole lot this year, but they're the one team that literally we talk about Cincinnati and them turning it on. We talk about Kansas city, obviously Buffalo, uh, you know, they've, not really had a bunch of great games, but they're the number three seed. Nobody's talked about Tennessee. There's only one team per conference that gets a buy and they have a buy. And you talk about the percentage of teams that make it to the Super Bowl who have that buy. And so normally I wouldn't be super crazy about Tennessee, but the fact they're getting Derrick Henry back really changes things See, for yeah. me, not just in this round, but but long-term. Uh, you know, I, I love a Vrabel defense. Tannehill is not good. They're going to have to work around that, but you do have A.J. Brown and I just think Tennessee, like, I don't know how Cincinnati stops Derrick Henry. If he's, if he's healthy, obviously it's kind of funny to say he's healthy because I'm sure he's still hurting very badly. And he did, he did have a foot injury, but I like Tennessee just to, just to run this game out, run it out, long drives, Derrick Henry, maybe use AJ Brown in the, in the red zone. So, uh, I like Tennessee to win this game. I'm going to say, uh, 24 to 21. I think it will be close.
1: I'm I'm now looking at my matchup, and I'm suddenly I'm suddenly thinking the Patriots might be in the AFC Championship game. Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> Here's the thing: they get revenge trust- for Tennessee bumping out the Brady era. I don't trust Tannehill. Okay, I, I do like Vrabel as a coach, but Tennessee. What I mean they've basically been playoff failures every time that they've made it. I mean, they, they've literally made no noise. I, I just – Derrick Henry, obviously, is Derrick Henry, but, like, it's coming off a pretty significant injury. The Patriots have been fairly good historically at stopping the run. I think there's no reason the Patriots couldn't win this game. Like, this is a much better matchup for New England, in my opinion, than it is for Cincinnati. Because, like, if Cincinnati goes, Derrick Henry, Henry runs. I don't trust that defense as much. They control the clock. Burrow stays on the sidelines, something Jamar Chase isn't as much of a factor as he once was. I feel like New England is such a better matchup against Tennessee than Cincinnati would be. So I'm going to go Patriots. The Pats are going to the AFC championship game. Wow. I, I can't disagree I, with you. I, I do think that is I a I think it's going to be – I'm going to say like – I don't know what this I'll – go, I'll go 24-21 Pats to AFC title game. I really do believe they have a much better matchup than, and I like Cincinnati, but it just, New England has a much better system in my opinion for Tennessee and Tennessee has been basically garbage in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not super to be completely transparent because we've just about talked about every team. I'm not super crazy on any individual's teams chances to win it all this year. I would not go all in on any team. Not that you ever can any year anyway, but, especially this year. Um, Okay, so the other AFC wildcard game, uh, it's going to be the number two seeded Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, it's going to be Buffalo going to Arrowhead for me. Uh, I know you'll have a a different one. Um, I I, I like Kansas City, especially at home. Uh, Buffalo, like you said, Josh Allen's been pretty inconsistent. I don't like Buffalo's chances to outgun uh, Kansas City. And I actually think uh the the AFC West has had a pretty interesting strategy over you know, in the in the draft the last couple of years. You know, you see a lot of teams really building up their weapons to try to outshoot Kansas City, which I think is smart. You see the Raiders went with uh uh you know Mr. Uh I don't know, trying to not get in trouble. But you know, the 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 wheel man, uh Henry Ruggs and uh Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro, and you see the the, the Broncos, they go get Jerry Judy, they go get KJ Hamler. Uh, when, when Buffalo lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, it really seemed like those were going to be the two teams that kind of dictated the AFC for a long time. So it really seemed like at that point, especially with the onus being on Buffalo because they lost the game, that they would have to try to specifically build their roster to try to get past uh, Kansas City. You can try to bolster your defense, and I don't think that's a bad idea, but can you outshoot Kansas City? Because that's oftentimes what it's going to come down to. They cannot outshoot Kansas City. They didn't really do much to address that. So I think they'll put up a great fight, but I see them being down from the first possession and just the lead might grow at certain times, but I think Kansas City will have a constant lead throughout the entire game, and Kansas City is going to skate right into the uh, AFC Championship game.
1: can't argue with that take. I, I'll keep mine fairly short. I just have – so I have Kansas City hosting Cincinnati. I think both teams have explosive offenses. I, I just – overall, I trust the coaching staff. I trust the quarterback. And I trust the weapons more for Kansas City. And when that's favored, it's hard to pick against that team. So I'm not going to. So I've got Kansas City. I think it will be like this is a spaghetti western. This is going to be an old-fashioned shootout. I think both teams are going to be well into the thirties. I've got Kansas city 38 to 35. I think it will be close because they're not going to be able to stop Jamar chase. And it's, this is, if we get this matchup, which I think we will, it's going to be really fun to watch. And I'm excited for it. Cause it's too, you know, Mahomes is obviously well, more well-established, but burrows an up and comer, there's some weapons there. This would be a really fun game. So, but I will take Kansas city to advance to the AFC title game.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, So now moving over to the NFC. I don't even know where to start here. I guess we'll start with the number one seeded uh, Green Bay Packers because that's probably the only game that we can uh, uh, mildly agree upon. So let me see here. That's going to be San Francisco for me going to Green Bay. Uh, I don't have to tell you how that's going to go. Green Bay is going to throttle them. Uh, the weather's probably going to be terrible again. Uh, that's going to favor Rogers and all of his stats about games that are, you know, under a a certain, uh, you know, a certain temperature, because I think it's supposed to get a little, well, what is it? It's Wednesday. I think it's supposed to get pretty cold here in in a little bit. Uh, San Francisco is going to be outgunned. I mean, their defense can do their best to just try to hold them into that game, but eventually that's, that's not going to be enough. You have to score points and they're not going to be able to score points against that uh, overpaid and soon to be uh you know uh disbanded defense but uh yeah green bay is gonna handle them pretty uh, pretty uh pretty handedly they're gonna handle them handedly I'd be very surprised if if San Francisco
1: went on the road to Lambo and, oh, yeah. and when it came. That would be a disaster for Green Bay and I'll just provide some comments because my game's different than yours. Um for San Francisco, I mean I just don't see a scenario in which they go to green Bay and win, especially with the way Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing in terms of inconsistency and turnovers and Packers might have, they might have Zedarius back and they might have Jair Alexander back. And if we get two all pros back on the defensive side of the ball, good luck for that San Francisco offense, which has been outside of Debo, mostly garbage. Um, Trey Lance is, they could bring in some gadget stuff, but I just don't see it happening. Green Bay would win that game. Um, for me, it is Green Bay hosting Arizona. I would much rather see them play San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but I I, I still do believe Arizona. I mean, talk about the ultimate southern heat kind of team. They do not want to go play in a Green Bay snowball that's negative five degrees. You know, I mean, just I think weather will certainly have an impact on that game. Kyler Murray, I like I trust him, but Obviously, I don't trust him as much as Aaron Rodgers. That Arizona defense, yeah, there's some weapons, but it hasn't been super great this year. I just feel like as a whole, Green Bay has a much more solid team, and certainly they have the coaching advantage. Cliff Kingsbury is hot garbage. That dude has been mistake-riddled the entire season, and you're going to have to have basically a perfect game plan if you want to beat Green Bay on the road. I don't think Arizona does it. I'd say 31-21 Green Bay in that for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. You'd you'd probably rather, uh, I I agree with everything you said about the game. Uh, I I think there's a wider variance on how uh, the Arizona game could go. You could, you could blow them out or it could be really close because you do have the ultimate X factor and Kyler San Francisco is a much better roster. It's just at the one position that it matters, which is why so much of all of our talking points have been about quarterbacks. They, uh, I think they will be good with Lance, but that's obviously a future. Uh, discussion Uh, so in the other divisional game I'm going to have uh, the number two seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they'll be hosting the Rams uh, a rematch of the 2019 Super Bowl I believe Uh, another another easy one I mean the two top seeds in in my bracket in the NFC are both gonna have pretty easy games in the divisionals I obviously like Tampa the Rams, like I said, w- when they uh, take on Arizona, obviously you had Arizona winning. Uh, they're they're just going to skate by. I mean, they're going to be very very lucky to get by. And like I said, people are going to be pretty high on Tampa because they're going to, you know, pretty uh, convincingly beat Philly. I just don't, I don't really know how, how they can win. That defensive line is is really good. So you know, even if Cam Akers is is back and contributing fully healthy. I mean, Darrell, Darrell Henderson's good. I think they might have some success running the ball, but against Vita Vea, who just got paid, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty tough. The one X factor for me is going to be the Rams passing game, just because they do have, they do have talent at the receiver position. And uh, Tampa has obviously uh, dealt with a lot of injuries in the secondary. And if Matt Stafford can just not absolutely suck, you know, the game might get a little interesting, but yeah, I just, I don't see them going on the road and beating uh, Tampa Bay. I think there's a better chance in my, in my two scenarios I have here. I think there's a better chance that the Rams uh, go into Tampa and upset them over, uh, you know, versus uh, San Francisco going to Green Bay and winning, but I'd say it's still a pretty, pretty good chance in my mind that Tampa Bay uh, wins that one.
1: So mine would be, two-seated Tampa Bay hosting Dallas, and I almost feel – maybe I'm just on – maybe I'm on something here, but I almost feel Dallas has a better chance against Tampa than they do against San Francisco. I, I, Tampa's defense is not what it used to be, and the weapon – Debo is much better than whatever whatever Tampa has in terms of weapons. They've been basically depleted. I I don't know if Dallas could win that game, but, man – I really do feel like that would be close. I, I, of course, the X Factor is Tom Brady, and I'm going to take Tom Brady. But I, I really do think that Dallas could win that. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas would beat Tampa on the road. I, T- Tampa's had some stinkers this year, man. They've had some games where it's like, what are you doing? Antonio Brown, they were losing to the Jets for three quarters. I mean, like, the, Tampa is not what it used to be. I still have to take Tom Brady. It's uh, until he proves that he's cooked and can't do it in the playoffs. I have to take Tom Brady, but I, I think this would be a really ugly game. Like, I really think this would be a bad game. I I'd go like 20 to 20 to 16 Tampa. I mean, just garbage dog fight, kind of scratching claw. Nobody looks good, but Tom figures out a way to do it. Um, So I'm going to have, I'm going to have Tampa move on to the NFC title game.
0: And I agree with you on that, and that's kind of the beauty of like Tom Brady's entire career. Like, name name me like beautiful playoff games he's been in. Like, they're like he just wins these ugly fucking games. Everything's a one possession game. Everything. I I think honestly the the not the best Super Bowl, but I think like the best example of like a Tom Brady Super Bowl, or like the best encapsulation of like what he has meant is is actually his win over the Rams. Cause it was such a fucking gross, disgusting game. And there's no way the Rams would win a gross, disgusting game. Like that's just, that's a, that's a Brady no, I game, but, but I I agree. I, I think Dallas would actually match up on both sides of the ball a lot better than uh, yeah. the Rams or in your case,
1: uh, San Francisco. And and just think about like, like I can't take Dallas in a big playoff spot and I certainly can't take him in a big playoff spot on the road. And I certainly can't do it against Tom Brady. So everything's working against him, but Tell me you couldn't see a scenario where it's like think of the NFC title game last year. Thomas three second half picks Diggs could get two picks in that game. And suddenly, you know, CD lamb makes one big play and Dallas is up 10 with eight to go. Like there there's just, there's so many scenarios to me where where Dallas can be playing with a lead in that game and, and Tampa's on the ropes. I, but like I said, it comes down to Tom Brady and I, I just have so much faith, especially on a home field.
0: Imagine, imagine how gross, how gross it would be if Dallas was in the NFC championship game, we would get the same feature. We get this feature at least once a year, sometimes several times a year. Where, like, you know, how, like if you, if you're super early to tuning into a game and they'll have like, Oh, here's a kid with leukemia and here's a sad story. Uh, yep. You know, and here's a football player who did a good thing. I promise you we're going to get yet another feature with Dallas. We might even get it. If they just beat San Francisco uh, of like, uh they're gonna like go on the street and interview like 20 dallas fans and they're gonna be like oh the last time dallas won a super bowl i was i was six years old wow the dallas fans have been waiting for a long time for a serious contender we see it i can't tell you i can literally write one right now i've seen it so many
1: times and it happens it's not just dallas it happens every single time it's never just like we have two good teams it's like this team hasn't Won a playoff game on a Sunday at 4.58 p.m. in 28 years. A little bit, you know, just useless stuff. They they overhype everything. It's why some of the draft coverage sucks. I know that we're not talking about the draft right now, but I'll, the draft is going to catch a stray from me. The draft coverage sucks because it's like every top prospect is like, tell me what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. We're going to do a half hour on it. And I hate that. So, yeah, just a bone to pick with how they do coverage because I really hate some of that stuff. I mean,
0: that's just basically all TV, all oh, reality yeah. it, TV. It's all, all, hand shows, hand shows, it's all hand, yeah. Yeah, it's all garbage. Uh, okay, oh, so we got uh, three games left here. We got uh, both the uh, championship games and then uh, the Super Bowl. So we'll start here on the uh, AFC side. Uh, I'm going to have – well, actually, on both sides, I'm going to have one versus two, Very, very original. But I feel in this year where so many teams are topsy-turvy, it's It's really hard to pick some of these lower seeds uh I got uh Tennessee hosting a home playoff game uh against the number two seeded Kansas City chiefs. Imagine how fun that would be to be in nashville they oh. really they really know how to party that would be epic if they could host uh that uh, happens we might show. have to
1: fly down we might yeah. To-
0: <laughs> yeah we'll be i'll i'll catch the i'll, I'll catch a flight down there um Unfortunately for Tennessee, they, I think they're going to lose this. I just don't see how they could win. Um, I, I could see them having success. Like, I don't think they'll get blown out necessarily, you know, because if if Derrick Henry, I mean, assuming he doesn't, you know, fucking snap his foot in half in the divisional game, I mean, like, they're going to have success running the ball. But again, it's there's going to be big moments in that game that at some point are going to have to be handled by Ryan Tannehill. I have no faith in that. It's a nice... It's a nice defense. I wouldn't say their corners are super great. What do you got? Like a Dory Jackson and fucking, I, I don't know. Like, how are you? There's no way you're going to be able to plug every single hole uh, between Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and all that. And not to mention that the Chiefs running game is pretty serviceable because there's so much attention going elsewhere. And, you know, they do have some nice running backs too with Clyde yeah. Edwards, Allaire, and even that uh, Gore, that Gore running back, he's been he's been totally. pretty good as as well. And then Darrell Williams. So there's just... You you can't you can't possibly expect Tannehill to to play well in some of the big moments in that game, and you can't possibly expect everybody to play great one on one coverage on defense. And for for that reason, I'm out. So I'm gonna pick yeah. uh, Kansas City to to go on to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna say they win
1: thirty one twenty. I love the shark tank, tank reference. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that show so much. Um. <laughs> um. So for me I have Kansas City hosting 6 seeded New England Patriots which Jesus is Christ. this would be a this would be a hilarious game because we get we get Pats Chiefs again which these two teams already have so much history even in just the Mahomes era. But dude, what if the Pats win the Super Bowl this year? That would be hilariously awesome and it would be such a huge that would be the feather in Belichick's cap. You just want a title with a rookie quarterback and like a patchwork defense that you string together in free agency. That would be legendary. Um, but that's not going to happen. That, I, would, that, I, would, that, would,
0: that would be the ultimate Trent Dill, for example, that people would use for the rest of time being yes. like, well, he won it with a rookie. We can win it with a rookie. And what a, what a disease of the brain that is.
1: <laughs> just, it's, it's no so better sad. way to put it. and and like that's the thing is that that's what i hate about all this shit like everyone wants to look at well remember that one time with the it was the ravens defense i mean i heard this from viking fans not to you know keep dumping on the vikings but how many times the the vikings defense if we're just top five it can we can be like the ravens and you know maybe kirk gets hot like flacco it's like so one time in 40 years you're gonna hang your cap on on Kirk getting hot like Flacco. And to be clear, that defense had, we're talking about Ray Lewis, the all-time leader in tackles. And we're talking about Ed Reed, one of the great safeties to ever play in the history of this game. So I hate that example. It's brought up basically every year.
0: It's the Tom Brady's a sixth round pick. Yeah, I hate it. Um, Or the the Nick Foles as a backup quarterback. Okay. So if you believe that, why don't you go sign Chase Daniels and win a Super Bowl right now?
1: Yeah, it's People look to the exceptions, and it's just it drives me crazy. Um, but yeah, I have Kansas City hosting the Pats. I really, I think Belichick would make it interesting, but I don't think this would be. Kansas City just has too much firepower. Like their defense could give up forty, and and they would be like, uh, okay, we scored fifty-four. I, I like they they really have the firepower to basically cover up whatever mistakes their defense has. I'm gonna say it would be Kansas City like thirty-four to. 24. I don't think it would be particularly close. Um, so I have the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl very unsurprisingly.
0: Yeah, it does kind of seem like they have a pretty easy route. I and mean, maybe we both agree that they'll they'll make it. Um, okay, so on the NFC side, I'm gonna have again one versus two. It's gonna be Green Bay hosting a home playoff game against uh Tampa Bay, might sound familiar. I have the same. Yeah, so uh you know, what, I'll let you go first because we some you know we disagreed early on, but we ultimately reached the same conclusion here in the uh, championship game.
1: This is people will be very unsurprised if they listen to the NFC North talk. This is Green Bay's season. I really, really do believe, I, I, and this is not a Packer homer. I, I swear to God, I believe last year we win that NFC championship and we win the Super Bowl if Bock doesn't shred his ACL in practice. People. So dramatically underestimate how important that was. We shuffled our entire offensive line a week before a title game. And the reason we lost that game is Aaron got sacked the whole game. Their pass rush went crazy. So if we get Bob tiari back, which he already played snaps in Detroit, we get Jair back. He's an all pro. We get um Zadarius Smith back. That's one of our best pass rushers. I mean, this is our season. I really Last year I was not nervous going into that game because I thought we were the better, better team. We lost that game. And and I think we're even better this year. And I think Tampa's worse. And I I don't even think it's that close, to be perfectly honest. Tampa has lost their weapons. Their defense isn't what it used to be. Packers will be at home. I I really believe we're gonna win this game. And I don't know what the score will be. I, I think it will be close just because Green Bay has a habit of getting up 20 and then winning by six. Um, so I'm going to say like 38 to 31 Green Bay. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. So we, we agree up until this point. The, thi- the thing is, the thing that separates humans from like uh, snakes or even like apes, and they, and they have this as well. But, you know, one of the remarkable things about human beings is, is pattern recognition. Uh, you know, if you don't recognize patterns, uh, you know, that could be a life and death scenario out in the, uh, the Serengeti. So all of the humans that are here right now have some degree of pattern recognition because, you know, through, you know, uh, you know, Darwinism, you know, we're, we're here now. We were the ones that uh, survived. So I would be crazy. It's not life and death here, but I would be crazy to look at a quarterback who's won seven Super Bowls. And to look at the exact same matchup from the year before and not go with Tampa Bay, I don't care how they win. It's going to be gross. Just like every Brady playoff game, they win. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know, the Packers think they're better this year and, and they probably are. They probably are. You can, you can look at, uh, you know, a a team that's getting healthy at the right time. You can look at their pretty record. Hasn't really done them a whole lot through the first two complete seasons of, uh, of uh, coach LaFleur, but uh, it's Tom Brady. I, I can't like, I really go back to when we did, I don't know if you were, I believe you might've been there or we probably did a show at the time anyway, but I remember doing a Super Bowl preview show for the 2019 Super Bowl with the Rams and, and the uh, the Patriots. And I, I picked the Rams and I looked up and down uh, position groups because we did it position group by position group. And we're like, well, oh, the Rams have better receivers. Oh, they got a better defensive line. They got better this, better that. And you really can easily convince yourself that the Rams were gonna win. I, I, I don't know how many times I can see Tom Brady get put in a big game against the odds and him overcome it and me just go, Well, I don't think Tom Brady's gonna win. I mean, that's never happened before. I mean, the the Packers are a better team, that can't, you know. So I, I like I just can't every single time, and I said this after they won the Super Bowl of that year, every single time Tom Brady is in the playoffs, I am going to pick him every single game. I can't like, he's the greatest of all time. I don't care how it happens. Like, I don't care if he has a pea shooter and and the Packers are the greatest show on turf. I literally cannot pick so many times against Tom Brady and sit here now and be like, well, I don't see how it happens. It'll be gross. It'll be moderately low scoring. Maybe it even goes to overtime. I'm going to say like 27, 24, but it's just, it's Tom, like, You rarely ever can use that argument, but like it's Tom Brady. Like I literally, I just, I can't, I literally can't even I'm a, I'm a millennial. I literally can't even, I I think Tampa Bay pulls it out. I think people will doubt them. I think they'll use that as as fuel. People will say they don't have Godwin. People will talk about the Antonio Brown distraction. If you've, if you, I don't know if you've been watching this Tom Brady documentary. Um, A little bit. It's it's really good. I like it. I actually like it better than the last, last dance. But the one thing that, that strikes me about Tom Brady, they don't have distractions. They have never been distracted by anything. So I promise you that they don't give a fuck about the Antonio Brown situation. That's a media construction because they I agree with that. Are, they that will not affect them at all. And you're you'll probably hear Booger McFarlane or something say, Oh, like you know
1: Boogermobile? Yeah, I love the Boogermobile. But it's just like one of those X lifty things that they just propped up in front of the crowd. Yeah, it's, yeah, a terrible,
0: terrible idea. So terrible, it's good. But Tampa wins it, and uh, you know it's it's gonna be a fun night of Twitter for me, looking at, at at Green Bay's Twitter and and tuning
1: into local Green Bay radio. So I got Tampa Bay advancing. This is the reason I have Green Bay. Like I know you said, I can't blame you for picking Tom Brady. Really can't blame you. The Packers team is better than last year, and Tampa's team is worse. And I know you. You threw it all out because whatever Tom Brady and I understand that, but the reason, the only reason that I was, and I, like I said, I wasn't nervous, but the only reason I thought we even had a 1% chance to lose that game last year was Tampa had a wicked offense and they had playmakers on defense. That defense is not as good as it used to be. Uh, I mean, it's objectively worse than last year and Godwin's out. That's a big weapon gone. Gronkowski, like you said, he's still good, but it's in it's in in spurts and he's not going to be good the whole game. Leonard Fournette hurt us last year. He's been basically in and in and out of injury and hasn't been good. Antonio Brown, I'm not worried about this distraction because Tom doesn't get distracted. I'm worried about the production. He was important in their playoff run. I, I, I just it's not as good of a team as it used to be. And I think Tampa barely snuck by New Orleans last year, and I know they win ugly games, but it it felt like everything went perfectly for Tampa last year to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I just don't think they're gonna do it again this year.
0: Yeah, the and and that's that's fair. And again, I don't really disagree with anything you're saying outside of the, the outcome. It's it's just the rock the rosters for both teams are largely and I wanna reserve the right to change my pick if like uh fucking mike evans blows out his knee like because that is a clear game changer but like the the rosters are basically the same and everybody on that packers roster knows they lost that game last year and everybody on the buccaneers team knows that they can win that game uh on the road and i think like i really believe brady's the only trump card where you can just be like tom brady like i don't like i don't even think you can use that card
1: with patrick mahomes or maybe you can. you can, he might be the only, uh,
0: but like, you couldn't like
1: name any other. Quarterback. I trust Tom way more than Pat and, and Pat's clearly the better player right now.
0: Oh, for sure. But I, like there's, there's like no other singular player where you can just be like, well, I, I think they're going to win just because of, of this one guy. Like it's just this, there's way too much history with, uh, with Tom Brady. So uh, I think he, uh, pulls that off. Uh, okay. So, uh, we got one more game. It is the, uh, the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl, so I'm going to have uh, the two number two seeds in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a rematch of uh, last year's Super Bowl. It's going to be Kansas City and Tampa Bay for me, and then for you, it's going to be Kansas City and Green Bay, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's go with your scenario
1: first. I feel like this will be kind of teams that are – Built the same way, might not be correct, but I mean, both have really great quarterbacks. They both have weapons. The defense is okay, but at times it's been very suspect. There's kind of some games where it's like, oh my God, the defense is garbage. and there's other times where it's like, man, we've got a defense, you know Aaron's quote from whatever a couple of years ago. Um, I think they're fairly similar teams. I think the game would be close. I, I do think Green Bay gets the job done just because I really do believe this is the best roster they've had at least since 2014. That was a, that was a roster that should have won a title outside of that NFC championship game collapse. I mean, it's, it's their best roster in seven years. I, it feels like everything is coming together at the right time. Everyone's getting healthy. We've been on a roll and, you know, Aaron, like you said earlier, and I think it was in the NFC North podcast. I mean, he's playing as good as he ever has. And I think this is, it's their time. It's all coming together. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just have faith in, in this Packer team uh, score 31, 28. I don't know if I said that uh, you did not, but that is, that is very
0: uh, helpful because we do like the, uh, the scores. Yeah. I'll go with your scenario here for a second. I, I honestly don't, I honestly don't know who I, I'm going to pick here. I mean, I kind of want to be objective and, in, in a way, I kind of feel like Kansas City and, and Tampa Bay are kind of 1A and 1B when it comes to big dogs. Um, I think Green Bay would win. I think in this matchup between Green Bay and Kansas City, I, I think Green Bay would win. Uh, it's essentially a coin flip in my mind, maybe 51-49 Green Bay. Uh, not a score prediction, but a yeah, percentage. Yeah, right. Um yeah, Aaron Rodgers is firing on all cylinders, and Patrick Mahomes has been pretty shaky. I mean, I could see him throwing for – I mean, if he throws – and this is very possible, especially with the fucking greatest cornerback of all time, what's that, Rasul Douglas. Uh, you know, if, if no, Patrick – Yeah, I know. Uh, with uh, – if Patrick Mahomes throws two interceptions in this game, I mean, it's probably over. I mean, never it's say dope. never, because cause everybody always says, like, well, if Adrian Peterson doesn't rush for a hundred yards, the Vikings don't win the game. And then, of course, that's the thing that happens. That he rushes for 82 and they win the game. So there's many different things that can fucking happen. I mean, Russell Wilson shouldn't be able to throw four interceptions in an NFC championship game and dagger the Packers, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, no, I think I think Green Bay wins. I mean, I'm not I'm not super benanaise about the Chiefs' defense. I don't think they know how to use A lot of players on that defense or at least chris jones they've been playing him at defensive end or whatever like that's it's kind of weird he's like 320 uh and i don't know they just kind of been inconsistent i mean they they could throttle like i don't want to say throttle but like obviously if the if if the chiefs are firing on all cylinders the packers defense can't stop them uh just just like if the packers are firing on all cylinders it's gonna be pretty hard for the chiefs defense to stop them but it's just what is the probability that they're all on for that one game and uh i don't know i'll be i'll, I'll be uh i'm going to say it's a game winning green bay touchdown oh. and i'm going to say the score is 34 to 28 cuz they're not going to kick the extra point cuz it's going to be as time expires so they don't need wow. to kick the extra point so 34 28
1: wild yeah i just i feel like if if Green Bay gets to the Super Bowl, I don't see a way they lose it. And, and I, the 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 foe is kind of like you said it's 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 Tampa. I mean, I I really do know I we know Green Bay's roster is better, but it's like you said it's in it's that mentality in the back of the head like they beat us last year like fuck here we go again. Um, I, I think if they get to the Super Bowl, they'll be just fine. I every it seems like every team is just shaky. You know what I mean? I feel like nobody's going to be surprised if, oh, God, Kansas City, the defense is bad and, and Mahomes is back to what he was in October. And there's interceptions and things aren't going well. I just feel like there's no real clear cut. Everyone thinks this team's going to win the championship. So you you think the
0: NFC championship game is kind of like the the 1980s miracle on ice, although obviously the Packers are not the Americans because they're not the the underdogs. But people, a lot of people don't realize that was the – that was the semifinal game. The, the right. U.S. still that had to go on kidding. to beat, what was it, the Czech Republic. So, you, so you, you think that if the Packers get by that, I mean, they're, they're playing the Czech Republic in the Super Bowl. Same as last year. If
1: the Packers go to the Super Bowl, they win that Super Bowl easily. Tampa Bay was way better than Kansas City last year, as proven the Super Bowl. I mean, and we should have beat them. So it, it, is, it is kind of a mentality thing okay
0: uh and then so the for my super bowl it's tampa bay and kansas city again i just gave this whole spiel about pattern recognition and shit happening last year i I know that their offensive line is better i know that they're probably better just like the packers were probably better than tampa bay last year and this year when i just picked tampa bay to beat them it's tom brady it's a super bowl he doesn't lose super Bowls. certainly not to teams that are better than him Uh, And uh, I think they, I think they win. They literally did it last year. I can't, I can't sit here in good conscience and be like, well, with, you know, maybe if, if Patrick Mahomes had the type of year that Aaron Rodgers had, where he only has four interceptions and still has a healthy amount of touchdowns and, and things like that, you know, maybe I probably still would go Tampa because that's just my rule from uh, until Tom Brady retires. As long as he's in the playoffs, I'm picking him every single step of the way, regardless of, of anything but maybe then there's a case for for Kansas City but it's like none of those weapons really did them any good last year so it's just i i, I don't know man like I, I just can't i can't pick them and i know that the secondary's kind of busted and injured and stuff like that but i think there's a, there's enough talent on that team defensively where it's like i think they can i think they can channel their prime for one game i think Richard Sherman can well, maybe not channel his prime because he's pretty good in his prime. But I, I think Richard Sherman, Sherman can play pretty good for one game. For one game. Is I he think, still on that roster? I think so. Is he not? I thought he got did he I thought he got released or injured or something. Well he got injured, but I don't think he got released. But like Indomic and Sue or like, you know, some of these older uh, guys, like yeah. William Golston. Like I think they're I think their pass rushers can put it together for one game with two weeks' notice.
1: Yeah, he, he's in uh I don't know if this is accurate because it's not a blue checkmark Twitter, but it says Tampa Bay Buccaneers Richard Sherman will take on secondary coaching duties to help secondary coaches for the Bucs playoff run. He must be injured. Okay, well, wow.
0: you hate to see it. Sean Murphy Bunting or whoever the fuck they, they got. Carl, Carlton Davis, Carlton Davis, whatever, whatever his name is, but no, I think, I think Tampa wins. I mean, you, you, got, you got Gronk, you got playoff Lenny, you have uh, an offensive line that people don't talk about as being like the best offensive line in the league, but, it, it, not
1: optimal. Yeah.
0: but it's yeah. pretty, maybe it's not the top, but it is like, it's top three. It's a really good offensive line. Ryan Jensen and uh, Tristan Wirfs and, and guys like that. Still a very close game, probably cl- even closer than last year because I think Kansas city has improved. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's two things that are true. Two things you can take to the bank. One, Tom Brady winning big games. And two, the mailman always delivering, and you know every in uh, death and taxes. So four things you got four things you can rely oh, yeah. count on and uh, I've delivered plenty uh, on on this you know marathon uh, podcast. And uh, you know taxes certainly are always there. People are always dying, and uh, yeah, uh, Tom Brady's going to win a big game. So I got Tampa Bay winning thirty one twenty eight. I think
1: exactly, exactly the score from last year. One one more thing. We reserve the right. I'll put the disclaimer out. I'll just speak for you because I think this is factual. We reserve the right to change our picks or completely throw out our entire bracket if COVID goes crazy. Like if Tom Brady misses the game and Aaron Rodgers is in protocol and Devante is sick, we can all throw it out the window. Cause COVID has been basically running through the entire league. And if a quarterback or Derek Henry, or, you know what I mean? Like or if there somebody, are Joe Theismann's their leg. And, uh, you know, if Jamar Chase gets injured, or there are so many scenarios in which this playoffs could be thrown off the rails in 10 minutes. So
0: it kind of adds to the funness in my mind because I don't have a team in it. it.
1: I understand that for me, it adds a lot of nerves because sure. I'm like this is our year, but yeah, it should be interesting nonetheless. And uh, also, I, I don't know if you saw, they were thinking about moving the potentially preparing for moving the Super Bowl venue to Dallas. Oh, we took me and you know who's been great in Dallas that bad Tyler. man, Aaron Rodgers is oh. just well Taylor Murray as well kyler has been good but, as well but yeah Aaron historically has been fantastic in Dallas so Dallas hasn't
0: title. won a Super Bowl in 25
1: years and the Super Bowl they have a chance to win it on their home turf on their home turf only only one other team the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done who cares Dallas is not going to get any... If Dallas goes to the Super Bowl, man, we're living on an alien planet. No way that happens. I honestly...
0: Outside of, outside of Philadelphia and Las Vegas, I don't like any team's chances l- less than Dallas to go all the way. I like Cincinnati's better because they have Burrow and Chase. I like Buffalo's better. Pittsburgh. Oh, oh okay, Pittsburgh. <laughs>
1: Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh. But that's the, that's the only one. I mean, yeah, pit, but... big hey, Big Ben's retirement party, I'll be watching. Yeah, I'll be watching him getting fucking curb stomped.
0: <laughs> All right. We just went through everything. 100%. And yeah, I agree. I mean, if 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 Blaine Gabbert's the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay I don't I don't like them in any in any game but uh no I
1: agree imagine if imagine the Twitter meltdown if Jordan Love has to start an NFC title game (laughs) oh my god no imagine if Jordan Love gets it too who's
0: your third string is it still it's not Tim Boyle he's on the Lions right
1: no Tim Boyle went to Detroit I don't even know who our third oh it's Kurt Kurt Ben, oh my God. What if Kurt? What if
0: it's like Caleb Haney starting for the Bears? What if it's Kurt Benkert? Virginia That's Cavaliers.
1: Right. Oh. Yeah. That's all I got. I mean, we went through, we just, we just went like three and a half hours what, if, three what if the, hours. what
0: if the defense plays lights out and Aaron Jones has one hell of a game, but Kurt Benkert just has a fucking like 1.2 passer rating, just throws five interceptions. It just fucking derails the entire game. You guys like, that, like,
1: like that Nathan Peterman game in Buffalo like four years ago. Yeah. You get, he, he had like a six passer rating and five interceptions.
0: You guys just lose. You guys, you guys give up a safety and a field goal. You guys lose like five to nothing. All 'Cause a because a kirky quirky bee. Hate to see it. Could it could get wild. I would love to see it. Well, that's why they call they don't call it super wildcard weekend for nothing. That's right. Okay, Reagan. Well that's about all I have. I don't want to hold you a hostage. You know, you're you're a busy a busy guy. It's been way too long. And this was
1: this was very fun. Very fun. If if things go wild next week, we could always revisit this. That is, if things that is get very up, true. Wild card week, super wild card weekend gets crazy. We can revisit. Okay, well, I'll take that
0: as a tentative yes because I mean, we know we know that super wild card weekend will deliver. That's uh, right. You know. Well, this time next week, we'll be talking about uh, Big Ben and the uh, divisional game. We'll be talking about Jalen Hurts going for six touchdowns. I mean, shit, anything, anything's possible in these COVID times. I mean, you know.
1: Why practice squad
0: fly? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I fucking hate the city of Philadelphia. So, you know, I hope they get nuked. Oh, my God. All right. Well, with with that, with that treasonous statement. uh, I guess we'll plug your
1: Twitter, I guess. That's what we do at the end of shows, apparently. That's You're- it. Follow me on Twitter at Sports uh, If you really want to follow me, here's the thing even if you don't want to follow me, check in on me during a Packers game, because I am most likely having a heart attack. So if you want some cheap entertainment, especially if the Packers are losing, give me a follow.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Give us a five star on wherever you're listening. Uh, it never amazes me where people are listening. I see the stats. There's websites. I don't even know that, that exist that people tune in on Websites They probably shouldn't click on a lot of, a lot of Russian stuff. I mean, we're a very international show. So, uh, yep. Yeah, be sure to check out our website, NorthStarSports.media. media. We'll have a, uh, UFC preview for fight night. Uh, Oh shit. What is it? Cater. And, uh, I don't know. Some other guy. We'll, fi- we'll figure that out. That's not important. We got a preview show, new rankings, uh, tomorrow, uh, check out the website, NorthStarSports.media. sports. media. Follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely.
1: M N North star M I N. And thanks for tuning in, everybody.